Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to the edition, the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name is Graham, and joining me as always, he's the he's the stag coordinator. It's Luke Holmes. <laughs> how are we doing, Graham? Hi. Hi. Hi, Hi indeed. How, how are we doing on this nice, cold morning uh, i'm very cold very tired do not want to move i've got a sore throat coming it's i'm feeling good <laughs> uh, about you not not too shabby thanks yes i am similarly cold we both have we both have uh we're, we both have plans in the afternoon so which, which means we have to do this in the in the yes. morning earlier than we probably well definitely earlier than we would have wanted to but yeah blame people blame other people for making a stale plate that's, uh, yeah, that's and blame other people for our blame other people for our plans in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. Uh, how do you feel about England getting knocked out of the uh, World Cup? I thought I'd mention it quickly. Uh, oh, well, you're going to really do me here, aren't you? Um, sad, but as expected, really, considering the opposition. Yeah. Not uh, really much I can really say on that because they were just the better team. Well, uh, they would have been a beat us in extra time because they've got better depth, I think, personally. Yeah, but. their bench is nice. Yeah. And that's with six of their main players out injured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> insane. Kind of is weird to think, like, what would what would this tournament look like for them if Benzema was actually fit? I would have liked to see Benzema, uh, Nkunku, and my nan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be fair, I would have liked to have seen how much he would have done. He probably wouldn't have even got a look in, knowing Deschamps, but mm. whatever. Uh, what are we reckon for the semi-finals then? Uh, who's I, I I I imagine we're going to see an Argentina France final. No. Nope. You reckon Morocco will do it? It's Morocco Croatia final. Morocco Croatia. That will be that will be the wildest be the World worst. Cup final. It will be the worst World World Cup final. <laughs> so bad. You, you just know Croatia are going to somehow shit us their way into it. You just know it. If it goes to extra time, Croatia are winning that because they haven't won a game. In normal time for a long time, when it's been knockout football, and I just I just really want Morocco to to beat France now that France not does out. So, mm. but it'd be it'd be fun. A Morocco Argentina final would be would be interesting, I think. But it'll probably be like you say, France Argentina. I can get behind that. I can get behind it, but I need Mbappe to score like five or six to win me like four hundred quid. Oh yeah, currently do that, please. Yeah, my my bets crashed and burned with uh, Rich. I think I had Richarlison. Uh, Neymar or Richarlison won the two, but and Brazil, but they're gone. Yeah. And yeah. I think I had Ben Seven France before the World Cup started, and obviously that went to shit before the World Cup started. So <laughs> yeah, brilliant stuff. I don't know if I put one for Messi in Argentina. I hope I, I hope I did, but I don't think I don't. I think I think I did France and Brazil. Yeah. Oh well. Uh Yes. Uh, well, speaking of well, those other those are some World Cup predictions, uh, we made some predictions on this podcast back in March. Very early March. Seems a long time ago, doesn't it? A long Very time long ago. Time. Uh, we both listened to this podcast during the week. Uh, I, I think I mentioned at the end. I can't wait till December when we get to go through these again. Um, it this, is one I look forward to. To be fair, seeing how much of an idiot I have been. December Listen. is here now. And 
we'll get we'll get into specifics. Obviously, we'll go through each one. Uh, we'll we'll you know how how did you? I guess on the whole, how do you feel about some of the things you said, or how do you how much egg on your face are you about to have? There's going to be a lot a lot of egg on Luke's face because I made some very silly predictions the year before in the very first time we did this, mm-hmm. and then I followed that trend with this year's edition, and it's just yeah, it's not great. It's not as bad, but it's not great. There's some uh, very debatable choices I made. Some of the questions are quite normal, but there is some some very out there uh, choices from me and you. In fact, you 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 went you went to town on some of them. I did want to go to town some of them. I, I there's a few ones I did. Uh, look, there are, there are both hills that we 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 decided we'd die on or get close yeah. to dying on. Um, That's the thing, isn't it? Though with these type of things, it's it's all for the content. Yeah, very much so. So, <laughs> uh, shall we jump into it? Uh, the first thing we asked in the preseason prediction uh, was obviously about the 2022 cars, uh, whether or not they produce the intended action and closeness F1 desires. I went very silly on this one. <laughs> you yes. No, actually, I will say to be fair, uh, I know what you're going to say. So I I, have, I do have a, a defence for you coming up. Okay. So what did you what did you what did you say when you we asked this question? I, I said, and quite rightly so. I thought that the, that the new regulations would work and would aid overtaking. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, they did. But then I decided to take it that one step too far, mm-hmm. and say that. Um, DRS would be removed for 2023 like an idiot yeah you said we wouldn't need more than one DRS so. now to be fair there's actually a piece I don't know I can't remember where it was off the top of my head I think it's motorsport.com or race fans one of the two talking about shortening DRS zones yeah. so, so that passes aren't just you know that's a bit more that you have to fight for it a little bit more so yeah that's the thing isn't it we saw we, we mentioned it a few times that it, it seemed to be a lot easier to get past certain people at certain tracks but other tracks it seemed a lot more difficult and you had to like you say you had to sort of earn it and set yourself up which i which i think is the right balance to be honest mm. uh so you did yeah so you had you, you had that but you know a little bit of a caveat on that i said raceability would be much improved and i did say may i well, my, my original thought was maybe not so much towards the front that was why I have. Yeah. See, I I actually went back and found my uh, predictions doc or on my yeah. in my notes to what I had oh, written I did down. This. Uh, so I think I typed out here. Uh, seems like it, yes, but perhaps not always at the front, uh, which is more so true in the second half of the season. Yeah, but that's down to the development. More yes, than anything, isn't it? Yeah, but in the terms of the actual cars racing wheel to wheel, we saw a hell of a lot that a lot more of that this year, mm-hmm. all the way up and down the grid. Yeah. So, in, from that from that point of view, the the cars were a success. Yeah, yeah. A uh, good a good uh, starting berth, I think. Yes, I think that is I think that is correct. Next, will all twenty three races go ahead? Now, this was assuming, of course, that F one was at the time was still looking for a possible replacement for the Russian Grand Prix. Of course, uh, they never actually they they never ended up adding the twenty second or twenty third race in the end. So. In this context, I guess we're all twenty-two going to go ahead. Uh, you you thought yes, I did think yes, and you were correct. You you were correct in that. I thought something would come up. I thought something would come up in some way, shape, or fashion. And because look, twenty-two races are a lot of flipping races. You know, we're not that far removed from you know from uh, from obviously a lot of cancellations and calendars and that kind of thing. So I thought maybe what something would come up, but no, we had all twenty-two going through in the end. So uh, yeah. 
I think we were both sort of in the same boat of like, if one one race is going to drop off, it's going to be one of the Asian ones, just purely because they're a lot more strict on the COVID restrictions, as we've seen recently with the, the Chinese Grand Prix dropping off the 23 calendar already mm-hmm. because of their COVID restrictions being still, still so strict. So I think we saw more sat towards that kind of boat if we were going to stand there and say, oh, one's going to drop off. But to, to our surprise, none of them did. None I'm did. Like, I agree with you. I do think it was going to be one of the flyaways, maybe a Singapore or something. or Singapore or Japan mm-hmm. were, were the two ones that really stood out to me. But no, to my surprise, I enjoyed both them races within reason. Um yeah, <laughs> yeah. So not much, not much else to say there. Uh, obviously, everyone's still thinking about a replacement at the moment for the for the Chinese Grand Prix next year, of course. Still, so there were some there were some uh, ra- uh, the race speculated uh, well, seemed to lead with Portimao as the likely <sighs> replacement. There is a great track in southern Italy that is needed to be used. Please <laughs> use it. Please use it. I've been banging this drum for ages. Please just shut me up with the new cars and it'd be a bad race so we never have to hear me talk about it ever again. <laughs> back to back to Magello. Back to Magello. Also, during that um, prediction, I, we were talking about Vegas being potentially mooted as a, as a new destination for F1. So that was uh, back in March. We were only just starting to talk about Vegas. Yeah, you, you mentioned that a third race in the States. We hadn't quite, yeah, Vegas we hadn't quite, hadn't been announced at that point, so... Yes, it was, on, it was on the car. You were on the trail. You were on the trail. As always, we, are, we, are, we seem to be mm. one step ahead with certain things. Yes, we are very reliable. Well, uh, well let's find out because this next, this next prediction was the first one I'd say that was, yeah, up and down. How successful would the Miami Grand Prix be? Now, you, I thought, did very well on this one. Yeah, yeah. No, to be honest, I think I hit it with quite nail on the head to be honest it was um i had down that the race will be bad but the event as a whole will be will be brilliant yes and to be fair it's about right race probably a bit better than i give it credit for but it wasn't brilliant it was very meh not a lot really happened you take away lando and gasly crashing the race is very very poor if i'm if i'm honest can't really remember it apart from Max walking away with it and Bottas bottling it at the last corner. And yeah, the two, two marks. We did have a two mark scrap. To be fair, they, they, they did go at each other for a little bit because I think Russell was on the mediums, wasn't he? Yes, that was the first time they sort of went wheel to wheel, wasn't mm. it? And then George had to give the place back, and yeah, the the actual event itself, I I think it did a lot better than I thought it was going to do because it was I was very sort of on the fence of how what the track looked like to start off with because I had no idea what to picture it as. Right, then, you hadn't seen the virtual lap at that point. No. I'd, I'd seen some bits, but I, I, like, I couldn't piece it together. I'd, I'd seen, like, when they first announced Miami, the very first render that they put out, like they did with Saudi Arabia, and I was like, oh, God, this was really, really bad. A lot of tippy-toe stuff here. But the actual track itself, I think, is absolutely brilliant. It's really, really nice. And the facilities and stuff is is really really good, but take away the uh, the fake the fake dock and you might you might get somewhere. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I I went with this one and I said it would be a a very successful race. Uh, can't wait to come back here, kind of race. Whoops. To be fair, 
I can't wait to go back because I'm interested to see what it's like in the second year because there's a lot of it, a lot of ups and downs with the actual surface of the track because of it being a car park. The tyres didn't really work that well. So if they'd done some bits, which I'm hoping they've done for, for next year's race, you might actually be right on that one. It might actually be a bit better. Yeah, I think, look, I think there will be some minor changes to the track to make it a little bit better. Like, it usually is after the first one. Uh, and we're seeing that with Jeddah and such as well, with like so that as well. So we'll see with that. And obviously, look, the first Baku race was pretty unspectacular too. Pretty dire. Pretty Eric Dyer. Mm, pretty, very Eric Dyer. Uh, I also, I, I, I talked about this track, I said it has shades of Brazil, Zandvoort and Vietnam. Um, with the exception of Vietnam, both of those tracks have proved difficult for overtaking in the past. Uh, Brazil, the previous regs, Zandvoort just in general. So, yeah, maybe that was why we couldn't really get a, couldn't get a, a, a better race maybe on the day. But, ah, yeah, I was a bit more excited about this one. Yeah, we'll see. I guess yeah, the, I guess well, the jury's still out. I guess on Miami, we'll see what happens next year. Mm. Uh, right, first of our driver specials: most one-sided teammate battle. Take it away. I said Alex Albon and Nicholas Latifi, and this wasn't even even the conversation. And you were kind of right. I was mostly right. Uh, obviously, the I think the actual most one-sided it was. It's probably no, no, Norris and Ricardo, but yeah. Uh, In this, terms of actual race results, I think this is the more one-sided one. Yeah, because um, F1 have uh, very slowly, I might add, started uh, with their uh, their teammate comparisons that they do of the season, and I have the they have posted the Williams Williams one first. So Albon outqual- uh, outraced the uh, TV fifteen to four, nineteen to two in qualifying. Actually, this might be more dominant than Ricardo. Actually, who knows? Um, Scored double the points of the Tifi, four to two. Obviously not much, but you know it's still something. Uh, they both have five DNFs, but obviously yeah. So like, but you know a lot of uh, a lot of races where Albon outraced the Tifi, and it was Albon that was obviously in the mix uh, when the Tifi did at the back. So yeah, not much to say there. Like kind of to be expected to be predicted. Uh, yeah. And my my basis for this was not. It was more so that the t- like not. It wasn't because I was lower on Albon, obviously, than than most people. But it was just the fact that I had absolutely zero belief in uh, in the Tifi. Uh, you were optimistic that this would be closer. This would that this would this would be a close battle. Yeah, for some reason, mm-hmm. don't know why I thought that. <laughs> very very strange from me. Even when I, as you'll see later on in the podcast, yeah, mm. not, not a not a very um, uncontradictory. Uh, thing to say for myself <laughs> yeah uh you're you're the one that the the, the the teammate one side teammate battle that you picked was one that i had concerns about as well yes this was Alfa romeo and guan yu joe seemed to uh struggle to adapt to the the step up from f2 to f1 and he was basically my main thought was he was going to take his time to sort of settle into f1 because it's a, it's a big step right and he's the only rookie this year, mm-hmm. going up against Valtteri Bottas with his fantastic mullet. Um, oh. What a what a great video, by the way. Um, I don't know if that was last week or this that, week. Oh, that, that was remember. last week, to be fair. Whatever. We didn't mention them. It is very, very, just very funny. Very quickly, that is gonna be that's definitely gonna be like the contender for a best uh, off season moment, just immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so, so out of the blue as well. Yeah. <laughs> Then uh, he was against Bottas, who I thought was going to be a lot more of a better driver in Alfa Romeo. He kind of was. At the start, he was, yeah. But some of it, I can put that down to the car dropping off, and he sort of, they they both dropped off quite heavily. The the car was not good mid season. 
until Kota really, as we've mentioned multiple times. That old grade coming in Kota really seemed to put them back on the right track. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just basically said Joe was going to struggle just because it was such a big change. <sighs> it wasn't really right, was I? Joe, I think, was quietly very solid the second half of the season and much closer to Bottas than people give him credit for. A lot of a lot of his results are sort of taken away from him because Ferrari can't build a competent engine that doesn't blow up. Well, Joe had a lot of unreliability stuff at the start of the season as well, which didn't, which didn't help, uh, which really didn't help. And we could like we, for a lot of the season there wasn't a Friday where there wasn't some sort of Alfa Romeo affected or uh, yeah, you know, it was a running meme, running meme for us. And Joe often, you know, did get out of the way for Bottas uh, for the for the team as well. So like Joe, they, both both us did play a team game at parts as well, but Joe more so than than Bottas as well. So yeah, I thought Joe's rookie season was very very solid. I really do. Um, I, my concern is, as, as, as I've said this before as well, is like his his ceiling, like his next step. Like can is he just going to be the you know the same driver next season, or can he take his development up on another level? So that's 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 my concern with Joe. I, I thought he's going to be solid, but it's just how much more can he can he give? So, but yeah, like I said, like you know the start of the season, of course, was more so where we saw Bottas at his best, uh, which kind of leads us into our next question that we had: is yeah, what kind of Valtteri Bottas will we see? And to be fair, at the start of the season, you know, uh, we were right. You know, he was that 2019 Bottas that you said he would be, a better version of Bottas. Yeah, which it was spot on, to be fair. Top fives in some of the races, really good in qualifying, out qualifying the Mercs. And yeah, as we've just alluded to, it also mm. went tits up. Like it's, but, it started as though, like it started as the way you thought it was going to go. Yeah. With yeah, Joe I, and I, Bottas. I, yeah, I, I think I sort of hit the nail on the head with that one. And then, yeah, Alvaro Romeo's budget. And lack of all grades really, really made me look like an amateur. Yeah, well, that and everyone they were getting down to the getting, getting the weight down as well. Yeah, that, that's the main they thing. Because they started off they stuck with the actual correct weight mm-hmm. and didn't get let off. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they actually followed the rules. <laughs> should have should have been champions in my eyes. Uh, you you hit on an interesting point here as well when you said uh, he's got to fight and not pussyfoot around. And yes. in brackets after that, I just have la 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 because. Uh, well, this, coming from you, you said he needed to be the intimidator. He did need to be the, the inti- yeah. He did need to be the intimidator, not the intimidator. Now that he was in the midfield, he can't have, he, he couldn't rely on his uh, his two second a lap uh, quicker car to make overtakes. And um, yes, really uh, he we saw countless times again. He he might be the worst driver on the grid for a fight. Like he just you you can eat him up. You, if you have one slight bit of confidence that you can get past him, you can get past him. Yeah, he will literally move. Doesn't matter. So like so I, strange. I didn't you know the incisive Bottas. I didn't really see a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, like you know, like we've seen Merck drives where he has been like incisive and the aggressor sometimes and i just didn't see that uh so yeah, yeah. so I, I don't think we ever will i don't think he's that type of guy oh well i mean like this is oh, well that was year 10 for him in f1 now at this stage so yeah you know yeah, that thing is he, he can't teach an old dog new tricks he is point. what he is really at this stage he had he's had his time at the top as well look i did say he would drive the team forward and he did to sixth place in the end so yeah he, he sort of the, the, they relied a hell of a lot on them early results they really yes. did well, yeah, like because we talked, they they were the most anonymous team from Canada onwards uh, until 
you yeah, can even you, say USA even. I know they scored points with Joe before that, but... Yeah, I can't remember watching a race and thinking, well, Bottas is doing well post-Canada until you got Dakota, really. It wasn't one. I don't even remember him being in half of the races. You just turned up. Yeah, well, that was Alfa Romeo in general, to be fair. I, I can't remember yeah. if he was in the points paying position when he retired in Hungary. I want to say he may he have probably, been. He probably was. That probably would have suited their car down to the ground, to be honest. But yeah, there, there wasn't many, many opportunities at all. Mm. So, yes, a solid job from Bottas then and in wheel to wheel combat once again. And obviously, we saw in Brazil a bunch of times as well. Just uh, Brazil and Mexico, just zero fight. Oh, it is, yeah. it is hard to watch. It really is. Right. On the opposite side of most one sided teammate battle, the closest teammate battle. Um, we both said the same thing. We both unanimously agreed that this would be Carlos Sainz and Charlie Leclerc. Yeah. Uh, were we right? Were we right? I, d- I, don't, I don't think we were far off. We weren't far off. I think. But I don't think it was the closest. No. I, think I want to say the Mercedes was the closest. Mercedes, I was going to throw Alpine in there for some parts. Oh, no, it is. In fact, it's definitely Alpine. What am I on about? Mm. Well, it was Alpine in terms of the final result in the end. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, I, he finished 11 points off of him. What my go? What a beast. <laughs> what a beast. Uh we 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 I think with when we answered this we expected a much better science to start the season. Yeah, science is very early on double retirements in Australia and uh, Imola. Imola not really his fault. But yeah, and yeah, one of really Baku Hirsch as well. Yeah, they they really sort of screwed his season, and then well, I, uh, I wouldn't say they screwed his season. I would say he he did he did a lot of that work himself. To be fair, yeah, he he did, but. They did not help. He, him trying to, he, he was one of the drivers that struggled with porpoising the most, and that Ferrari did porpoise a hell of a lot, mm-hmm. but it was still quick, so you could sort of get away with it. But he wasn't on it straight away like Charles was, so he was already on the back foot. And I don't think he really adapted until we got to Silverstone, where he ended up winning, of course. But even then, I don't think we had quite the same level of science as we did the year before. I think we got close towards the end of the season. Towards the end, yes. Kota, I think Kota onwards, I think that was probably the best point of science we had all season. Obviously, the surprise poll was was one of them. Mm-hmm. I think we were both like, oh, okay. Yeah, what a, what a great lap that, that is. But yeah, hopefully that's the start of science being more consistent next year, but probably not. Yeah, his like his uh, the, there's a large carryover in the regulations next year, so you'd have to imagine sign. Well, he'll have to start better next season if he if he wants to be in this conversation again. And he might he might, he might be. I think he, I think he's probably done enough to probably you know put himself a conversation for this uh, prediction next year as well. I would say as, at the same time. Yeah, in fact, Graham, we're completely wrong. Which is which? The, which will it be the closest teammate battle? And it's quite funny actually. So we have the Williams boys. Is this the closest? Ah, uh, technically separated by two points, yeah. Between three drivers, Graham. <laughs> You're right. Four, <laughs> two, two. Two. But for some reason, Sky have got De Vries down in Mercedes, but whatever. <laughs> Definitely scored them points there, Williams. Uh, but that is technically the closest, but in actuality, it's, it's not. It's really not. Whether you, whether science deserved to be in conversation with Leclerc at the start of the season, I, I look back on think, should we have done that? Because 
Leclerc yes. was obviously much Leclerc was obviously much better than 2021 gave him credit for with the results I guess yeah, he's this yeah. year's Alonso in, in, he's this year's Alonso in some ways in that regard there's like so many points lost due to either getting T-boned or uh, bowled into or reliability or moving out of the way because someone can't take one corner normally without trying to kill someone yeah and losing your only race, race win which you shouldn't have even been in contention before but oh. because you a goat yeah, that that would like that genuinely would have been one of the be- that one does still hurt. I that would have been one of the better race wins of the last mm. ten years yeah. at least. It should it should not have been the case. There is no way that car should have been that far in front. Not a chance. It also shows how much he actually really likes Silverstone because two years in a row he's had the pace to win it by oh, quite a bit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It just took a. a an absolutely insane Mercedes and Lewis with the uh, adrenaline of the British fans behind him to sort of stop him. No other driver would stop him that day. Yeah, well, obviously, like, obviously, eyes wide open, like, Max Verstappen's out of the race, can go for the race win and get, basically slice this, what, 33-point lead? Yeah. Yeah. Down to zero. Uh, times. Not much else to say about Leclerc and Sainz, really, and close to no. battle. No, they, they were, as we sort of predicted, they would be closed, but... Not as close as we sort of thought they might be. Mm, mm. Most interesting slash intriguing teammate battle. I want to say we were both right with this. Yeah, yeah. You fire at yours we, first. We both sort of said three, a couple here, didn't we? Um, the main one I had was obviously like we just said, Charles V. Carlos. Just because, based off what we saw in testing, I thought because the car's going to be at the front, the relationship might be tested a bit more. I don't think they could sort of joke and piss around like like they sort of was in the previous year. It was going to be a lot more, I'm not moving out the way for him, I'm not helping him type thing, which we sort of saw in, in Saudi Arabia where they were basically dogfighting in 2021. They were properly going for it. Mm. So I was sort of expecting fireworks from them, but didn't really get it. There was a bit of tension here and there, but nothing really out of the ordinary. It sort of um, fizzled out a little bit. Yeah, but then you also went into then you also made the case then for George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, that that was going to be my next point. It was, I was sort of under the impression that this was going to be the year that Lewis sort of takes his down year, if you know what I mean. He's going to sort of struggle to come back from the traumatic experience. <laughs> you could even say <laughs> that with Abu a straight Dhabi. face. No, the traumatic experience of Abu Dhabi where he was robbed. Um, mm. Lol. I'm really looking forward to later on Graham I really am (laughs) really am I can't wait to rub it in her face it's going to be great Uh. (laughs) Um, so I basically alluded to the fact that Russell was going to sort of be on the point of having something to prove and sort of pushing the boundaries a bit a little bit and sort of shaking the apple cart Mm -hmm. and he was going to be the one that was going to come in and make the Mercedes team his own and Lewis wasn't really going to like it so there's going to be sort of fireworks and it'll be quite an interesting watch when yeah. in fact they were very amicable it was literally the complete opposite in, in seasons previous when Bottas was still Lewis's teammate I was under the impression that Lewis was sort of pushing to keep Bottas there because he didn't like the idea of Russell coming in and sort of upsetting him and taking like the reins off of him if you know what I mean oh yeah but yeah, sort of got proved wrong with that, haven't I? It's not really been like that. Unless Toto's been like, right, you're going to do this, and you're going to shut up and stop whinging. <laughs> Fed up with it. 
you were wondering how long it would take for the relationship to break down. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I think I went quite early on that it wasn't going to take long at all. What, like 10 races or something like that? I think it was early. I think it was like six or seven. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. And who knows? Like, we might see it next year, but like, given the nature of the car this year and... Uh, you know, like yeah, they they, they didn't share like they did have some scraps, but they didn't share a lot of the same bit of track. Yeah, the, the, there wasn't many occasions where they really worked together. I want to say, I think if it came down to actual on track battles, they sort of yeah, I'm not moving out of the way type of thing. Lewis mm. was very stern on that, and in quite a few occasions, USA sort of being the first one that you really saw it come through. And I thought, right, this is the moment where it's going to sort of fizzle out, and it never did. There was potential for it in Brazil if they, if Hamilton yeah. got, got close enough. If, to, if Max to scrap. and Lewis hadn't hadn't come together, I would have liked to have seen how the team would have dealt with Lewis versus George. And if it was Spain all over again, I would have mm. cried with laughter. Well, Absolutely this cried. they said they were free to race, and Russell had to push hard those last few laps to keep him out of DRS, and he did. Yeah, I always thought that George had the upper hand on Lewis so throughout that weekend. Anyway, mm. he just seemed to have a better run through sector two they were very even apart from that just sector two george just seemed to have a couple of attempts on him so and i'm glad to be fair as much as i want to see lewis do well which is a lot coming from me i i, I was more than happy to see george win his first race the thing with russell like i that was as the least dislike him. this is the thing that's the thing like I, that was the least excited i've been for a new race winner for a, a yeah. long time it really was. I was like, right, okay. If one of the Mercedes is going to win, I'd rather it be Russell. But yeah. at the same time, I'd rather watch Lando win, if I'm honest. I'd rather watch Albon win. I'd rather watch even fucking Stroll. And that <laughs> says a lot, because that would just be funny if Stroll won a race. <laughs> uh, uh, you best know I'm predicting that next year. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you predicted it last year, 2021. Which wasn't bad a bad shout. It, it wasn't at the time. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad shout at the time. But yeah, considering where the racing, the tracing point was, mm-hmm. well, I full on expected them to kick on a bit, but apparently not. No, they did not. Uh, I, to be fair, like yeah, Russell Hamilton. Obviously, Russell won out in the end between the two of them. Like he had the pole, he had the win, he had the more points. Obviously, I think Hamilton was the better driver for uh, a good. Uh, a good, I'll say three. I'll say three fifths of the season. I was trying to think what quadrant to break it down into. Yeah, uh, three fifths. I'd say probably because I, yeah, that might that might that might be being kind to Russell, but I'll say three fifths because the start of the season wasn't uh, wasn't amazing. But uh, it'll be all, it'll be one of the more interesting team battles next year too. Like we'll be revisiting this one absolutely for sure. Yeah, if they've got a front running car, this completely changes. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm quite proud of my one. Because I said Kevin Magnussen and Mick Schumacher. And I said Kevin Magnussen will be a much better measure for Mick. We will see what Mick Schumacher is really about in uh, is really about in F1. And this will really gauge his F1 talent. And it was, it was a good measure because Gunter ultimately used it to decide that, right, this isn't, you know, Kevin got the results immediately. Uh, Mick struggled for results and consistency and luck as well but uh, without without K-Mag in the car I, I'd, I, would, I would guess that we'd be in for a third season of Mick Schumacher in F1 and Haas instead he's out at the end of the end of this year yeah so my dismay 
Yes, because you were very high on me. We'll get into it. You were very, in other predictions, you were very high on Mick Schumacher heading into the year. I wasn't yeah. so sure. I, I needed sad more face. time. Yeah, sad face indeed. Yes, sad egg on your face. Um, but yeah, Mick Schumacher and Kevin Magnussen, it was very interesting and intriguing. And it, it uh, well, it taught us a lot of what we know now know and what Gunter needed to know. And they're making a driver change as a result. Yeah. So it's brutal, but the brutal business. That's how the business goes, I'm afraid. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm proud of getting that one in there. I thought that was a, yeah, one of my better ones. Hmm. Biggest make or break year in 2022. You, this is for a team slash driver. I want to go on the driver side of things. We bought, we bought the same driver yeah. in Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, now, to be fair, we made this. We thought the Red Bull F2 Junior was going to be a lot better. And I think that was really... I think that was really what the difference was in the end. That the, you're probably better off going for a third year of Tsunoda than bringing up any of the F2 juniors to, in the end, to be fair. Unless you're bringing up Daruvula. <laughs> yeah. That's no, un- if Doom was still part of the Red Bull Juniors, it would have been a different kettle Absol- of fish. Absolutely. But... I think he might be there by now, but... Yeah, but apparently not. So, yeah, we, we sort of banked very heavy on them juniors doing well, and they were all pretty shy. We did, yeah. Like, they again, were all they, they were They had their... They all had their moments. They all... Basically, won a race or two, and Lawson won one that was a bit more consistent to start at the end of the season. Lawson was the better one out the, out of the lot, but that's not great. Yeah, Vips, Vips obviously sort of, crashed and burned. Yeah, Vips sort of took himself out of contention by doing what he did. Yeah, well, the Baku yeah. crash is very damaging too. Yeah, and yeah, the PR stuff, and um, yeah, what he said on the stream. Yeah, well, great. yeah, all that obviously definitely pushed him over the edge. But like he, like you know, he because remember we we he turned up to Bahrain and it was like the quickest guy. Yeah, I I was full on expecting Vips to sort of show us what he could do. But yeah, he was nowhere, as as predicted, really. Uh, but with Yuki, like you know, he started the season off well, and then very well, very well. I was like, right, okay, kind of got He's to actually... Spain, yeah, yeah, and then it just, yeah, and then it just went, it, it disappeared very, very quickly. And I don't know if it even got back to where it was close to be at the end by the end of the season. And the car obviously wasn't great, but it was it was an absolute dog. It wasn't but, a great car. But at the end of the day, he just didn't do anything that made me go, oh, wow, okay, that's that's really good from him. It wasn't mm. like any consistent seventh places or anything like that. It was just, yeah, very, very meh. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he got himself a third season, mostly, I think, because the junior drivers down below didn't really do anything to thread the needle. Uh, we're both of the opinion, basically, that if he doesn't perform this year, he's out. Um, yeah, and I think we would have been correct. If one of them had performed. Yeah. 100%. Because we were both under the impression that it was the last year for Gasly. So, yeah. It's, um... Mm. Uh, we all all look very silly. Yeah, look. ah, It was a decent prediction to make, to be fair. It it was a very good prediction and a very solid one to make. Yeah. yeah, I look back, you you look back and I was like, yeah, that that was fair. I think that was, you know, you can't can't fault the, the thought process behind it. I did throw in Lance Stroll here, uh, saying that the driver makes a difference. And ultimately, that was the reason Aston Martin didn't finish sixth. Yeah. So they did lose out on millions and millions of dollars there. But, yeah. Well, if you learned how to defend in a couple of races, i.e. USA. To defend cleanly, yeah. Yeah, in USA, they would have been fine. They probably would have beat Alfred now. Yeah, very possibly. 
you threw in a team as well. You threw in our favourite team. I threw in Mr. Haas. Mm-hmm. Just because I was under the impression that um, Gunther was going to lose his job because of the sacrifice they made and if the car wasn't good enough and they weren't sort of really made any progress, then uh, he was going to be the one that sort of takes a fall for it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of right because they they were pretty bad post what I want to say like Spain. They sort of did what Alfa Romeo did and sort of died off. And then there was all this promise of this new upgrade coming. Their one upgrade. The one upgrade that they were going to do. And that did absolutely nothing. And then, yeah, it just just wasn't great. It wasn't great from from Haas. Mm. But somehow Gunther has survived <laughs> longer, longer than Mick has. So. Yeah, to be fair, they started the season well. and you could, Very well. You could make their case for, you know... Uh, they should have had more points and like Mick threw this this away and that way and like you, you like I'm sure you could blame you could put some of the blame a mixed door to be fair for the why he didn't score more points but yeah um, you also obviously talked about like obviously Gene Haas possibly pulling out of things as well uh, you know if things didn't go well as a team under pressure in that regard as well mm-hmm. and then with Andretti knocking on the door sort of mm-hmm. under the impression that if someone's going to sell and Andretti's still there then. Uh, it is the time for Andretti to sort of sneak in, and I'm still under that impression, to be honest. And that, that I think if Andretti's got away, and it's there or AlphaTauri, so possibly AlphaTauri. I, I still think they're. I still think the joint Porsche thing is going to work out. They, they already have a collaboration in Formula E together. Yeah. Um, well, by the way, hmm. have you seen some of them Formula E liveries for the new gen? My God, they're awful. Some of them are okay. Do you like the Maserati oh. one? Uh, it's okay. I wish I had more white. I wish I'd have more white and blue. There, there's a red and black car, and I'm sorry, a, a child could have painted a better, a better picture. Oh, of a which red one and black was car. that? Was that not? Was I that want, not the? Was that not the? Uh, is that not the Andretti Porsche one? I want to say it is. It's so bad. It's so bland. Yeah, so bad. Formula E do better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I do think like like of a bleh, words a Andretti Porsche eleventh entry I think would make sense for everyone. Yeah, it's not um, gonna happen though because Stefano is very very stubborn. You don't need an eleventh team. He is stubborn. I really they they between the two of does. them they should really yeah, they allow that allow them in. It would just make sense. American market, big manufacturer. Ugh, the manufacturer you want as well uh, yeah it's a strange one we'll see what happens I think it's, it could still happen uh, yeah. but obviously Haas obviously got themselves sore this year like they got themselves a new title plans for next year so they'll be at the cost cap big moneygram mm-hmm. yay moneygram yay so that that obviously really helps them as well yeah a bunch of a bunch of sponsors <clears throat> actually for them towards the end of the season yeah and obviously you've got whatever Hawkenberg brings in as well sure so. yeah but you're going to lose a lot of what Mick had. So I suppose it's all that he goes out. Uh, will we see Mercedes slash Red Bull take a step back after their 2021 title tilt? Ha ha ha. I think I, I sort of hit the nail on the head here. But you sort of did as well. I think we were both kind of right. I, I put Red Bull will be okay. They will be fine. Mm-hmm. But Mercedes will be third. And we'll have spent way too much time developing last year's car to keep up. Yeah, you say kind of will be probably second or third, uh, won't contest as much as they like. Yeah. 
which I think is right. Mm. But in the same in the same respect, I think you sort of said very similar. But you were said that Mercedes will catch up to Red Bull and possibly could take our season. Them. Yeah, could yeah. take our season. Which it did. It did technically happen at once in Brazil. And they had potential to do it in Mexico and USA. I get. I would like to see what would have happened. Actually, no, I wouldn't have liked to see because I would have. It could have been easily Mercedes wins. But if they chosen the, the mediums instead of the hards for those uh, two races, yeah, uh, yeah. I said Merckx be on the back foot. They can make up the ground to RB, but depends. Uh, could depend how long it takes, and it could take all season. Yeah, but this is all in sort of under the impression that Red Bull and Ferrari sort of stopped development. And Mercedes, for some reason, decided we're going to carry on. Mm-hmm. And they did. Really, really, really carried on. Don't know why. If they if they turn up with a no side pods design next year, I'm going to be baffled. I think they're going to. There is. There is. I think. I think the race talked about why they won't go the the Red Bull Ferrari side pod way. I, I think they're going to try it. You know, not actually run it, but I think they'll end up doing what they did. <sighs> This know. year in the pre-season testing and splitting the cars, if you know what I mean, sort of run an adapted version to see what the data tells them and then see, you know what I mean, sort of bring an A spec and a B spec. I don't know. I think that I think that bridge is sailed. I think that ship has sailed with going back. Like if the time was to go back, it was last year, like Aston Martin did. Yeah, I suppose. You should they, switch. They've taken this so far now. Yeah, they, they, they've really, they'd lose really they'd lose a basically a year of work essentially if they go back to the the side pods. They've they've really made a rod for their own back with this one. Really, they've, they've made their bed. They've gone as a lion. They really, unless they sacrifice all that work to trying to figure out that philosophy. Well, they've got plenty of money, Graham. So doesn't matter. Mm, well, well, in the past, perhaps. Uh, yeah, to be fair, the one thing I guess I didn't account for Mercedes being as far back as they were to start the season. I I no, did yeah. think they would be cl- a lot closer to Ferrari and Red Bull, more so Red Bull. But that was, yeah, that was the thing. Like, they were much further back than I think people expected. Yeah. Do-do-do-do, where are we? Uh, right, yes. Ah, egg on your face is about to arrive. Uh, are Ferrari slash McLaren ready for a title fight? And we threw McLaren in there because they had as much opportunity, really. I know their infrastructure isn't it wasn't as, isn't as strong as the top teams, but they had very decent cars the last two years. We saw Norris and even Ricardo obviously fight for podiums and wins and the such, and take shock pole positions in here and there on Norris's side. And there's a there was a decent chance that they if they got this right, they could have been up there. So that's why yeah. we had we were that's why we had a lot of McLaren stuff really at the start uh, in our predictions. Uh, let's start with uh, obviously we both kind of agree that Ferrari are more ready than McLaren. We did, kind of both yeah. thought McLaren maybe no for a title fight, but we both thought Ferrari. But you were quite I was confident. Very high. very high on Ferrari. I've mm. learned my lesson. <laughs> you said both more than capable on strategies and in the pits. And look, in your defense... They'll be able to handle the pressure is what I've written down. <laughs> yeah, in your defense, everything they'd showed in 2021 suggested that, that they that. were... Yeah. yeah, but that was because they were fourth and third most times. It wasn't in a race-winning position. And when it actually came down to it, they just bowled it every time. I don't think there was a... There was maybe one or two scenarios where I'm like, oh, okay, Ferrari have actually made the right decision here. They've actually done something decent, but no. Okay, we're back to uh, 
2019-2018 times where Ferrari just decided to chuck everything down the road. <laughs> I've never been so confident in them again. <laughs> I know, you were very optimistic. Um, as optimistic as I, as, I, as I was on McLaren, figuring it out, to be fair, because I said they could be on par at Mercedes now. And look, the real, they'd shown real promise in the Spain test. Yeah, and real promise. The 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 Bahrain test is like ah, just a brake issue. They'll they'll figure it out. Uh, and then I said maybe Ferrari towards the end of the season. Uh, yeah. So that obviously that didn't pan out, uh, and I don't think it will for a while. But yeah, I was high on McLaren, and mm, yeah, obviously their their problems are obviously their early season problems were a lot bigger than I think we realized. There with the brake stuff, they were they lost a lot of time with that. Hell of a lot. Uh, and obviously, Ricardo having COVID, having COVID at the start for missing testing as well didn't help either. No. Uh, if you if the season, even that seems like a long time ago now as well. Um, I did say, though, I did say that it would be closer between uh, McLaren, Ferrari, and Mercedes than we think. Obviously, McLaren you could throw out, but Ferrari and Mercedes ended up being close enough towards the end of the season. Mm. I said maybe Mercedes okay. won't, have the, won't be the quickest car. Second, sorry, it won't be the second quickest car. Quickest car. Yeah. Um, so I thought Ferrari, yes. I thought McLaren would get in the mix with the upgrades in the season. That didn't materialise. No. So, and they have got new infrastructure incoming. Obviously, we talked about the whole NARS situation as well. Mm. With that infrastructure and when they need to be <clears> good. <throat> otherwise, they risk losing them. Yeah. So, yes, unlucky, unlucky Ferrari. Uh yeah, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best race of the season slash race you're most excited for? Oh, more egg on my face. Yeah, yours. What? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with mine first. I said Cota uh, for both raceability and a car killer. Um, we didn't really see much of the car killer cycle. Obviously, the, the technical directive came in. Yeah. To help with that, and obviously there we was some. We were, and there was some uh, resurfacing done at Cota. Yeah, so it wasn't as bad as we remembered. So. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as twenty nineteen uh, and twenty one as well. Bush, yeah, um, a car killer. Well, almost uh, Alonso's car was almost totaled. I would say. Yeah, well, that was down to an incompetent driver. That was for different <laughs> reasons, but we got a good race of cars. To be fair, I thought. Yeah, I, I did down in my top five. I think it was. I think you did, and I think it was hanging around my top five as well. I don't think I put it in my top three in the end, but. Yeah, so I feel I felt yeah I feel good about that one. Uh, I was also excited for Japan, which yeah. I would like to have seen what that could have been if we'd got a a dry race or b a race with a functioning tire. You know what what the solution to that is though, Graham? <laughs> Get a new tire provider. Get wheel colours. <laughs> Stick a mud guard on. Yeah. Yeah, that's the solution. Yeah, just, brilliant. Just drill them. Just get some get some bolts and just slap them on mid race. Yeah. Why not? Good solution there. Uh, and I said Sepang if they brought it back because obviously they were still, still rumoured to be bringing back Sepang uh, if for the 23rd race, but that didn't happen in the end. Yeah. Yes, now go. Have fun. <laughs> ah, I said Baku. Never again. Baku for F2 was very exciting, but um, <laughs> Baku for Formula 1, quite possibly the worst race of the year. I, I had it down as, in fact, I think I did put it down as the worst race of the year in our last week's episode. Um yeah, I I basically said it's going to be chaos because it always is chaos, and it wasn't. It was very boring. It's very poor. 
really needs to up its act a bit next year, but it won't. It really <laughs> won't. You, you need the, the thing is with Baku, you need drivers to be shit. You kind of do. It work. Yeah. Like the qualifying in twenty twenty one. That is one of the the, the Q one is one of the funniest qualifying <laughs> sessions I've ever had the pleasure of watching. It was just constant red flags. It was hilarious. Who did we lose? We lost a Stroll in the, like, the first the, inside the first two minutes, essentially. Then, then Giovinazzi, Giovinazzi literally the wins. same corner on the restart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember who else, but those two always sort of stand out. And then I want to say it was Yuki sort of been well, Yeah, on. well, in Q2, I think we had... Uh, Q2 or Q3? I think Ricardo hit the wall in Q2. And then Q3, we had Sonoda crash. And then Sainz almost crash in sympathy, basically, at the same time. Yeah. Same corner. Yeah, that was a wild one. Uh, I, was, I was just qualifying. The race itself even got even madder somehow. Yeah. But last year was not. Yeah, sorry, this year was not that. <laughs> it was It was awful. It could it have been really good if bad. we hadn't lost Leclerc so early, but we did. So. Yeah, bravo Ferrari engine. Bravo. Once again, ruining my... Ruining my uh predictions well, like i just listening to that podcast back like we thought the like, the fry reliability was so good they'd gone through testing without a hitch yeah they're, they're, i think they were the only one of the only teams to do that it was so smooth and the first three races were the same and it all came crashing down would, if, would, if i'm honest it, i would rather them fail in testing than the actual season which w- didn't have that once it fell it was an earthquake like it was an avalanche yeah that was it, the thing it, it, it's purely because of their turbo design it just can't it can't handle high altitudes and stuff. It, it just does not work. They have to turn it down. It just blow, otherwise, the engine will blow up. Uh, you also threw in, you were excited for the flyaways like Japan and, Aus- and Singapore. Yeah. You threw in Australia in here back. as well. Yeah, I was I was happy to see them back. We have to go I'm for excited. that fourth DRSL next year. Half has to be done. I don't think so. I, need I don't it. want I it. To, it. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we need four DRS zones on one racetrack. I think that's just too much. Otherwise... What is the point? It's just going to be a DRS train. Yeah, no but we've got to get out of it. We've got DRS trains at other tracks, regardless. This would have really helped the. This would have really uh, helped the action. And Red Bull and I, Ferrari. I think well, Red Bull certainly talked about it afterwards. I, I think you could have removed the one on the start finish straight, and then swapped it to the one on the back straight. I think would be the better solution. The start finish straight one doesn't really work, but I get why it's there because it's the double, double dose where you set yourself up for the run down to turn three. Well, they don't yeah. switch. It's the same activation point. They don't switch. It's not yeah. like an Abu Dhabi or a... Uh, it's, yeah, it's not like an Abu Dhabi or... A, there's no one. Bahrain, where mm. it switches. It's a, If you have it for the main street, you have it for the... So you just want to set yourself up. Uh, to do next. Biggest surprise of the season. Could be a team, could be a driver, could be a track. Well, speaking of Australia, yeah. I saw Australia. Because of the track change, I think everyone will be sort of like how much the track changes have made a difference to the actual race itself and I was sort of right yeah made a bit of a, made a, bit of a better race than it normally was Australia's normally pretty pants because you can't overtake mm-hmm. but there was a bit more of that this year yeah it was decent like, like you said if it had the fourth DRS zone it might have been a bit better but I didn't think it was too bad personally so it was one of the better Australian Grand Prix we've had in a long time mm-hmm. uh, did you, you also asked Albon as a surprise I did I did. And I said this, which I'm very proud of. Yes. Um, he will build his reputation back up and will end up at Williams permanently. So 
Sit on that one, Graham. Yes, we'll make a good comeback and build a reputation where Williams end up buying him out of Red Bull. I didn't. I don't think they had to buy him out, but no, but he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely he's, he's definitely no longer really attached to that uh, Red Bull side there will of be things. No more Red Bull on his helmet. Yeah. So, well done, freak. You got that yes. one very much correct. Uh, I had for a surprise Haas, which was right at the start. At the very start, yeah. Just born in Bahrain. Yeah, first few races, it went very well. And I said, Guan Yu Zhou, and I had, I had the, cave- the caveat, would be closer to Bottas than people think. And you were right. And I was correct with that as the season went on. Yeah, it would have been a lot more consistent if the car didn't die. Yeah. Or he didn't get rolled over. <laughs> to, be, to be fair as well, I think also, I think I think if I didn't say that, I did mean it. Uh, surprises in like, people just saw Zhou as a pay driver kind of thing. Yeah, and I I knew he was better than that, so I knew that this is going to be a surprise to people in the season that he was actually, you know, better than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So biggest disappointment of the uh, go season. On your face. Uh, this go is on this face. is probably my worst one. Uh, yeah. So where you had Alex Albon to succeed, I had him to not succeed as much. Uh, I said a few things. Uh, I said has been overrated in his F1 career so far. I, I genuinely think I still think that ha- that was the case heading into last year. Uh, we, look, out of uh, out of the three drivers he went up to F1 with with Russell and Norris, I still think he's the, he's he's obviously not on par with them. Even no, though he had the Red Bull seat, he had the best drive of the three of them at the time. Uh, he was not as good as him getting in that Red Bull seat. That Red Bull seat was very much of consequence of just we have to get Gatley out of here, and you've yeah. done and you've done you've done decent. You've done well in your half season at Toro Rosso. Huh. So, I mentioned in I mentioned in that podcast that the the Red Bull of Albon was the one that was in the mix with Sergio Perez's racing point and Daniel Ricciardo's Renault and Lando Norris's McLaren. Heck, in Russia, he was having a scrap with. Russell and Norris. Yeah. Bad, bad stuff. His his reputation took a hit. So I thought he was overrated because I thought people were more so protecting the driver, the person, rather than the driver. They liked him as his personality. I think they felt sorry for him in some ways. Yeah. Rather than, yeah, rather than understanding that maybe he's not a very good F1 driver. Maybe he's not that good. Um you had a point here that I thought it was ended up being very much correct, is that you said the change in environment will do him good. And my response to that was, we're going to find out how much of a factor that was. You thought Albon being out of the Red Bull environment would be would be great for him. And I was and I said, we're going to find out how much of that was a factor or was he basically just a bad driver? And you were right. The, the factor, the, like, he's, here's the thing about Albon. He's exactly where he should be. I'm not talking about a backmarker team. I'm talking about a team that is, I guess, relaxed of that kind of pressure that Red Bull was at, and I guess, I guess, a team toward you know in the midfield. I guess. Uh, yeah, he he shouldn't be at the front of the grid. His, his talent isn't there. But I'm perfectly fine with him being at the, in the middle. Yeah, I think, and, and that's where I think I'm at now as well. So I, I think that was my thing where him, him being overrated. Like he did, like guys, he didn't deserve to be in the Red Bull. Like he just didn't deserve to be in Red Bull. He didn't, but they had no choice really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, so, that was the sort of thing there. So I guess so. Like there was some reputational damage as well heading into twenty twenty two as well. So there was there was that. But I was yeah. wrong. Uh, I happy to hold my hand up and say I was wrong about Albon. He was very solid. Uh, he, he obviously got the lion share of the t- the point the t- the team's points. Uh, 
had some good drives as well. Um, had had himself in the mix. Uh, he did have some tire struggles at the start of the season as well, and I think still that car is still a little bit rough on his tires. Mm. But uh, the change of environment did do him good, and it was a huge factor. So, <clears throat> yeah, Bravo. we know that now, and I know that now, and I was wrong. So, yeah, fair play, mm. Alex Albon. You were, you were, you were, you were much better than I thought you were going to be. Yes. Uh, now, I, I will. For I also add one here. I said there was George Russell potential here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just about to mention that, and we were going to find out a lot about Russell this year, and that we just didn't. I questioned what he had actually done in F one, because we had because either he was either getting overtaken because he's out of position because he had done he had amazing qualifying, or you know the Williams was nowhere and it was hard to gauge him. We hadn't really seen him in much combat, so to speak, and yeah. we hadn't really learned a lot about him. So, and we learned lots about him this year. We saw him; he was good in some battles. Uh, we you know like in, against Verstappen in 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 Spain and Brazil. Uh, we saw him. We saw the the you know the the pilot you know makes him very punchable. I would say the mm. likes of like say the, you know the Sergio Perez fight in France and his radio shenanigans from that, and even his team yeah. were basically like just George could get on with it. Like he was there was nothing wrong with that. Get on with it. Um, so there was that annoying side of things as well from Russell as well. But for the most part, I think he, I think he proved everything. He I think he would have needed to prove to skeptics or yeah. people who were not quite sure. Uh, you know, I, so I think he did, I think he did all that. I said, I, the, I put, I put him in the potential of here, but I didn't think he was going to be there, but it was impossible to ignore the possibility. It was just covering bases just in case things went wrong, which, you know, could have easily done, but. Oh, it could have easily sank quite easily. But uh, he didn't. If, if they had a top running, if they had a front running car and Lewis was, an eight-time champion, then you never know what could have could have been. You know, I mean, it's everything sort of switched around, and John Russell sort of flourished. I want to say, mm. yeah, I think I'd say he did. So, yeah, it was just more to cover bases, just in <laughs> case things didn't go well. Because again, we just yeah. didn't know a lot about him heading in. Like in terms of, like yeah. he spent twenty nineteen basically fighting with Kibitza, if even twenty twenty <laughs> had moments, uh, but you know. Uh, it was hard for him to sustain. We, we couldn't learn a whole lot about him in, in many ways. We, need, we needed more. We needed more of a sample size. Yeah. And, he uh, really needed to jump up in year three, but he didn't. He needed to go to a midfield team to sort of really see where he was, but we never really got that. Yeah, because generally speaking, like that's what happens before you go to a top team. Like You're in a midfield kind of car. Like, you know, like heck, even like you know, even Albon was in a midfield car and f- scrapping it up with the others, and obviously Leclerc was as well. And, you know, it, we don't get from like last to first kind of thing in constructors yeah so that was why russell was mentioned in that part of the conversation uh you said i had egg on my face i think you have you're about to have a lot more egg on your face than i am at this stage yeah i do but i this is all incorrect and we both know it's incorrect yeah now i will say there were things about your you there are some things you absolutely nailed but what you didn't nail was very very much wrong so why don't you tell me who your biggest disappointment of the F1 season was predicted to be? Esteban Ocon. Yep. And what did you say yep. about Esteban Ocon? I said, well, the first line I have written down here is, he's against Alonso, what more is there to say? Mm. But you did say more. <laughs> I did. I said that I think Alpine will be ruthless and they won't keep him the whole season because he's mediocre. Yeah, you yeah. said he would. don't know if he'll last the season. Yeah, 
okay, I held my hands up here. It, it was wrong. But I also, I'm going to say I'm right because he was fucking awful and shouldn't have finished ahead of Alonso. Awful, yeah, well, awful, I think, is harsh. Um... No, I, I, it's not harsh. He was shite. There was a couple of races where he, he was better than Alonso, I admit, but it wasn't enough. If he wasn't such an idiot half the time, the team would have been a lot better off and there would have been no reason for them to be in a fight with McLaren for fourth place. If he didn't fight like a dog for no reason. In Saudi, in Brazil or whatever. Hungary as it, well. Yeah. They would have been a lot better off. There would have been none of this shite where they were even considering a McLaren as a rival going in towards the end of the season. They would have been comfortably fourth. They should have been comfortably fourth. You're, you're, you're right. But I do, I think, look... We're not fans of Ocon here, but it's. I still think he he has he has he's had some good drives. He's had some good moments. He had a better season than I thought he was going to. I, I will give him that. Mm. I will give I will give him that. Him being second, was it second best of the rest? Yeah, he, he was finished eighth. Didn't best, he? Yeah, he was thirty points behind Norris in a better car. Yeah, okay, mm. makes sense. He he did not deserve to finish out of Alonso and did not deserve to finish second as best of the rest in Formula One point five. It's not not fair. He he top five, no problem, fair enough. I'd have been fine with that, but no. And then I had written down they can't afford to lose Oscar Piastri. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that was a good prediction. Yeah, so your just your prior justification for ditching Ocon mid-season was the whole was your, the Piastri angle. Uh, yeah, can't, that was base. You said can't wait time, can't waste time, uh, can't wait with time uh, with Piastri sitting on the sidelines. Can't afford to lose him to another team, which will happen if he doesn't get a siege next season. <laughs> I'm very good. I'm yes, very very good. Um, and I don't. I don't think we both expected it to be McLaren. No, <laughs> didn't teams. we? Didn't think it'd be a McLaren, or in the way and the we, way that it happened. I think we were more sort of in, in the lines of it'll be a team below them, but it won't be a backmarker team. Yeah, it'll be like you know, like an Alfa Romeo or a, a Haas or somewhere like that. Yeah, and again, like again, they put a lot of faith in Piastri being just accepting this, like accepting a Williams seat. And I said as well the, from the from Piastri's point of view. You couldn't get me into an F1 seat. This is your fault. Yeah. Which and, is. And that's true. It was. That's... And that was basically what they said. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we are, I want to say we are ahead of, ahead of everything <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. We do not miss a trick. I feel like we, yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe we can. Multi- multiple occasions. And now if we ever get to like mainstream i want someone to go back and make us like a montage of all the times we've been right months in advance well speaking of unless you have anything else to add on that uh no, no, I don't. we can immediately dive into this will this be fernando alonso's slash sebastian vettel slash Hamilton's last season in f1 uh, we both agreed that Alonso, no. We thought we had another, yeah. he had another year or so. Uh, he's going to have a few well, more years than, than that. Three. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, I don't think we expected that certainly so but we thought no, Alonso we was definitely not leaving at the end of the year yeah no not a chance we had we weren't 100% sure on Hamilton just because like we don't, weren't sure if you know depending on if he was in the fight or not which he wasn't which he wasn't but the thing that 2022 has made clear is that Hamilton is going to be here for a few more years he said five years I, at I, one point I really think that. you know as I really think him seeing Alonso thrive as he has has really helped uh, Hamilton 
re- like I guess realize that you can ca- you can sustain this you can sustain this level as well as his own performances into his late thirties as well. Yeah, yeah. That the drop off if you're good enough, the, there's there's I could be no drop off in some regards. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, uh, but we were just look at Lance Stroll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we both thought that this was Vettel's last year. You were—I was more certain about Vettel's last year. You were less certain, but you did lean towards that. I—I I, I was more on the point if that Aston Martin is near the front, then which we was very unsure where it was in preseason testing. It looked like a dog, but we wasn't sure where it was mm. in, in terms of placing because obviously. The actual car going from preseason testing to the first race is very, very different. And then, then of course, he got COVID, which didn't help going into no. the start of the season. And then crashed in his first race in Australia. Yeah, that that was an awful, awful weekend. That is kind of possibly one of the worst F1 weekends I've ever seen anybody have. Yeah, he also <laughs> went deep out as a t- the new the newly formed uh, right ninety degree right hander. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what turn it is specifically these days. Bind it in practice. Don't say bind it in qualifying. Bind it in the Oh, race. yeah. Practice as well. Yeah, it was a nightmare. I think he only had like 20 laps in the car. Oh, dear. Awful yeah. race weekend. But yeah, I, I sort of said, yeah, if he's got a decent car that can fight for wins, maybe he might stop around. But I can't see it. Yeah. I can't see that. That's the mind really being at the front. Considering where they were in testing and it being Lawrence Stroll, there would have been a glory run somewhere along the lines if they had the pace. Let's be real. He's all about the PR. Hmm. He's all about public image. I did remember, do you remember during testing, Craig Tavitz? No, Ted Kravitz was talking about that. They could have been possibly the fourth or fifth quickest car. I wasn't buying it. Neither was a few people weren't buying it. And I remember, I think Gary Anderson wasn't buying it either from the race. I was like, yeah, I, 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 I was, and I was so, I was right there. I was like, I was like, absolutely not. Like there were, and there were some glory runs, like you mentioned, that that did happen in testing. I just didn't see anything that made me go, yes, this car looks really, really stable, really, really clean. I've definitely got confidence in this. Oh, yeah. Like, I saw him struggling to turn the car at slow corners in Bahrain. Like, there's no way this car is hooked up. Absolutely none. And those issues were, like, again, like you mentioned, were very prevalent in Australia, too. Yeah. Um, So you said, it depends where the car is at. For Hamilton, you said if the relationship with Russell is sour, Hamilton will walk. Yeah. I was on, on very along the lines of if. If there's some tension, I don't think Lewis can be arsed with it, to be honest. If Based off how he was post-season in, after Abu Dhabi, I was like, well, if there's another season of him sort of being number two and the car's not quite there, I don't think he really will be that arsed about um, stopping on for another year. Mm. Apparently not. Um, but I'm very much on the, board, on the boat the next year if the car's exactly the same as this year, if not worse, then he'll walk. 100%. We're not seeing Lewis in another midfield car. No mm. uh, you said the simplest one is how how poor Aston Martin is, and you said for that reason, it's likely likely to be Vettel. Yeah, actually, look, I think the car didn't help, but it also seemed like he was mentally checked out. Yeah, until we got to Japan. <laughs> yeah, and then he wanted to come back. Sort of regretted it a little bit, but yeah, but like for for most of the season, he looked he did seem kind of mentally checked out as well. So I think there is a truth to what you're saying. Like part of the car, and part of the, yeah, part of the, he was just kind of done. Also um, won the crypto overtake king of the year. Is that the second Aston Martin to win that on the road? Did Stroll win it last year? I don't know. Or did no, Vettel win it last year? I'm not sure. I know Alonso and Vettel were close. It was between 
Lewis for the for the double overtake on um, Charles and Perez, which sorry, how was that even in the final? When yeah, well the FIA the FIA was it used the action of the year, which is the more fitting category for it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fine. But how that's an overtake of the year? Go away. Battle with Magnussen. Yeah, yeah. Two squad, two cars of the squabbling. Yeah, slip up the, the inside. Yeah, and just slips <laughs> up the inside. Oh yeah, good one. Fantastic overtake. piece of action, it, like because obviously it was, it was a great. point of the race. Yeah, action of the year definitely, but yeah, overtake of the year. Great, I, I great, agree. Great, he just he just slipped up the inside. He did, he did the switchback, saw what they were doing, and just yeah, powered through. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Very textbook. Um. Yeah. So like, so this is the start of our kind of getting into the driver moves because then we then asked who was the last season of the F1 for in 2022 and we both said Nicholas Satifi yeah which obviously on. was correct you said Yuki Sonoda yeah this sort of refers back to earlier and the point of that there was too many good Red Bull juniors to sort of um, for him to stay around for another year oh boy that was incorrect mm. <laughs> well you also said and I think this came down to part of why you said as well it depends on Gasly yes that's what you said. I, I, I couldn't see there being a whitewash at AlphaTauri. If one goes, then the other one stays. I think they wanted that consistency throughout just to see the development of the car. And I think that's always been the case, really. Apart from when there's... Um... <clears throat> my God, my voice is going. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> These morning podcasts, man, they take a toll on you. Yeah, they do. Um, it was more the point of if if one driver goes then I, I just I don't see them wanting a complete blank sheet of paper when the car's been as bad as it is. Mm. Oh, well, they're not they're not afraid to do blank sheets. We've seen them they're do not. it multiple times. So I I did it kind of leads us into our next our next yeah. uh, arguably the part where we spent the most time debating. Um yeah, we the most close. shocking, surprising driver move of twenty twenty three. We both had Gasly on the move, but we had Gasly on the move to different teams than he actually ended yeah. up. So we both agreed that there was definitely gonna be at least one, possibly two AlphaTauri seats available. We were both very much convinced that we were that this is gonna be Gasly's last year at AlphaTauri. Yeah. And it wasn't looking that way. It didn't seem like they even reconfirmed during the year that Gasly was was staying on because his yeah. there was so there was some debate and there was some uh, conflict confliction in reporting about Gasly's contract end, whether it was at the end of twenty two, whether it was at the end of twenty three. They did step in and basically say it was going to be it was twenty three. So they basically announced that as well. Mm. He was um, confirmed. He was on the F one graphic mm. at AlphaTauri for a lot of last year. Hell of a lot. Yeah, so I said for this one, in conjunction with what happens with Vettel slash Hamilton, a, a, the driver's guaranteed at Aston Martin. Yeah. Um, so, and I thought Gassi either ends up in a Red Bull, Mercedes, or Aston Martin. Again, the Mercedes, the Red Bull if Perez didn't work out, Mercedes if Hamilton walked possibly, uh, Aston Martin if uh, if Vettel moved. But I said Gasly would be the mover, moves on or moves up. Uh, he would be on the move somewhere. Vettel key to market seat absolutely available at AlphaTauri. Yeah, I'm not very proud of what I said. I feel good about that. We both had that. Well, you also had like me had Gasly to Aston Martin, uh, but you yeah, did. I was very confident on Gasly to Aston Martin. In fact, mm. well, look, there is good reason to be. Uh, it would have been the more if if Alonso wasn't available. I think that would have been the smart move. I think it could have happened. I genuinely think it yeah. probably could have happened. 
you had you you actually covered some solid bases here in the end. I did. It, it, a lot of mine was based on the fact that Lewis and Seb retired. Mm. So, De Vries was the main man I had coming in for Mercedes. Just, oh, God. And this was before De Vries had even stepped foot back in F1 properly. He was sort of... I was like, right, Mercedes can't really say no, and they don't really want to upset George here. Um, De Vries to slot in at Mercedes. But then, if the Ferrari relationship between Charles and Science didn't really work out, then and science wasn't performing well. He didn't have an, a, a new deal for 2023. No, not at that point. No, then maybe Carlos would move to Mercedes, which would have been very interesting, very bold from myself. And this is where more egg on my face. Um, I I said that Mick to Ferrari. If he performs, the seat is his. <laughs> oh God. God, I'm too high on Mick Schumacher. You were very he's... high on Mick Schumacher. Right, it's almost high. sad, actually, now that he's out of F1. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very sad. I was that high, I was like, right, yeah, there's no way he doesn't get a Ferrari seat. His size is shy. <laughs> yeah. God. All he has to do is just be consistent, and Ferrari will get him in. Oh, God. Yeah, not only did that not happen, but he's also on the fritz of the Ferrari program in general. Yeah, he's consistently shite. You, look, yeah. Mick will be fine. He's going to land in the Mercedes reserve role more than likely. Yeah, I was I was kind of right. It's sort of a Ferrari driver's going to Mercedes. Yeah, mm. Sort so, of right. And if, look, this is the whole De Vries thing was back when it was like it was like a almost a joke. Like like there's no way this guy is going to be like there's no way this guy's going to be on the grid ever. Like it's he's, yeah. it's been three years since basically he won the F2 title. And one yeah. of the worst F2 title seasons ever. Uh, where the Tifi finished second, and we've got to see the Tifi stock in F1 fairly, fairly well. So, yeah, I think Mick will be fine. But yeah, it, it, the Ferrari thing, it, this, it is funny looking back on now. Yeah, you did redeem yourself somewhat though, because yeah. you said Ricardo too, if he has another year like last year. Mm. So you did get <laughs> you did get that one. Yeah, but for some reason I didn't put two and two together and think. Oh, if Ricardo doesn't perform, there's a driver sat in the Alpine that's not really doing anything. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, we just we just didn't expect them to just to lose it like that. Um, yeah, I, I I think I was more sort of swinging towards if if McLaren are going to go for someone, the only driver really available is Gasly. Gasly, really. Yeah, he was going to Aston Martin or McLaren in my eyes at that point. I think he was sort of not ready for the big teams, but. He needed to move out with Alvatari, and he somehow has looked his way into into the Alpine suit. Mm. So I was happy to be right that Gasly. We both got Gasly moving mm. was the right one. Uh, I said Vettel was key to the market. The market did explode after that, but only because Alonso joined from Alpine, and then the Piastri thing spawned from that, and then the McLaren thing came up, and then all of that kicked off. So Vettel was indeed key. Because that set off, that was the catalyst. He set off the chain of events of motion. Uh, yeah. This, th- this one is going to be a very interesting one for next season. Very interesting. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. There's a lot of drivers out of contract. Hell of a lot. And there's some very big ones. There's a lot of ones out of contract this year as well. Yeah. But ended up, yeah, ended up not being as much. But uh, This is more top tier seats next year. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, there was seats available at Alfatari in the end. Didn't foresee the Haas thing going down. 
no, top, top Mick would be is. would be there. Safe, yeah. uh, we both we were both unanimous that a Williams seat was available. We didn't really speculate who was going to fit into it, but we just knew a, a Williams seat obviously would be available. You'd have told me that Logan Sargent would be taking the Williams seat. <laughs> wouldn't yeah, wouldn't have predicted it now. I have to say. No, I was so baffled that it was enough too. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, getting a Williams seat, but whatever. Mm. Uh, there are some predictions here that I don't like, you know, some questions that I don't care to revisit really. Like we talked about uh, expectations for Perez in year two at Red Bull. If he does, yeah. if he can retain a seat and if he, if he, if he performs, if he doesn't, where does he go? Where does he land? Um, nothing really to say there. Like Perez ended up uh, performing very well at the start of the season in the end. He's, and apparently his contract actually, because uh, his contract actually ended up being for the end of 23, not 22. Yeah. yeah. So that changed that. Uh can George Russell actually challenge Lewis Hamilton in year one? Was another one. Yeah. Kind of gone through that. Uh, I'd say our next major one, kind of, there's two into one here. We, I, we kind of talked about, can Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz elevate their game in 2022 and compete for victories? Maybe more. And it led us into first time winner slash podium for 2022. So this we yeah. centered this really around three drivers. Uh, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz and George Russell as who is going to be the next first time winner how many of those guys can win in 2022 we're talking all three we're talking just two how did we see that so I said Sainz certainly and that Sainz has everything he needs to win races and you were correct I wasn't at the start of the season, but it ended no. up it ended up coming together. He had everything he needed to win a few races in Canada, for instance. Uh, Silverstone, he got it done, even though I think he had much better drives than the one at Silverstone in the end. Actually, got him the victory in the end. It was more uh, it was more circumstance uh, really in the end with the with Leclerc and the softs and or the hards in the end with the Ferrari strategy. Yeah, I, I thought he deserved the Canada victory more than he did the Silverstone one, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Monaco as well, to be fair. Possibly Monaco. Uh, USA will never know. A few ones like yeah, that. No, that, was, that was about it, really. <laughs> Didn't um, really do anything else. Mm, I said Sainz will be the first one. Mm. Uh, yeah. I did say Russell will end up with the most. So I th- cause that, And that was based on Mercedes developing their car during the year and getting it, getting getting to the point where they could win multiple races. Again, didn't foresee how far on the back foot they would start the season and how much and how as a result how long it would take for them to catch up. Obviously, they only got the, the job done with Russell there at second last race. And I said Norris might not get a chance. Yeah, which you would spawn. Now, to be fair, to be fair, yeah. Norris is the only other driver outside of the top three teams to get a podium. So. I I do have that going for me somewhat as well, but yeah, I did say <clears throat> I did say Russell will get the most. I did say Sainz will get there first. Yeah, I, I was under the impression that Lando would get a win. So for some reason, I was very high on that McLaren after testing. It was very incorrect. It was it was not good, not mm. not very good. Um, Sainz, I, I agreed with you. Yeah, just has the he has the car. It's it just it, a lot of it depend on who had. What car at what stage really was sort of the angle I I played. Yes, <clears throat> and that was sort of right because it, Carlos had it at certain times. Lando never had it, and George had it at the end of the season. So, yeah, it was a lot a lot of car dependency there for me. Yeah, uh, you also agree with that. Science would be the first one. Yeah. Uh, do so. We asked if Alonso or Vettel will return to the top seven of the podium or just a podium period. 
You said there are too many dominoes that needed to fall. Yeah, I, I think I was right with some of that. Definitely with the Aston Martin, maybe not the Alf, Alf, Alpine. It was uh, they they were a lot higher up in terms of pace than I expected them to be. Yeah, you were sort of under the impression that they were the fifth fastest team. Yeah, you were so right they, in the sense that they're like obviously to, for it to happen, you needed more of the like at least three four drivers of the top three teams to not do it um the thing with that was because of the gap between the top teams and the rest unlike sometimes last year where there's a little closer like you know you had sometimes you had norris and mclaren in the mix as well and because mm. uh, my counter argument to that was that aston martin were seventh last year and alpine were fifth and had the sixth fastest car and they still ended up with podiums and a victory and such yeah um but the gap, obviously, and there are a lot less crazy circumstances this year, I would say, than 21. Oh, a lot less. Like, obviously, a lot less. Baku and Hungary, I know, right? <laughs> um, I said that Alonso could... Oh, I feel bad for this one, because I I was confident when I said this, and it ended up being the opposite this year. I think it was just an anomaly. Uh, I said Alonso could get back to the podium, and that F1 is no longer the once-a-year podium for those guys outside the top teams. Those days are gone. And I have a lot of written at the back of that because we do get just the... Because I said gone were the days where like Sergio Perez would be the only driver outside the Red Bull and Mercedes Ferrari to get onto the podium. Because from 19 onwards, basically, we had everything go against that. We had a bunch in... We had a few in 19, a bunch in 20, and even more in 21. And it did seem... was the best year for it. It did seem like those days were gone. That, you know, like, again like 2018 2017 only a handful of drivers if even like again maybe perez do we even have a 17 like in 2017 do we have a guy on the podium that wasn't the top three teams did perez get on the podium in 2017 i don't think he did i can't remember i want to say an alfa tari did but 2017 oh. and i think i think i'm thinking of 2018 german grand prix i am yeah kvyat uh, yeah I, I honestly i don't think we did i don't think we did either <laughs> So this is the thing. Like I, I could thought, be wrong. There's probably one where we were very obviously missing, but yeah, yeah to remember back on. Yeah, it could, could very possibly be like that. It's very early in the morning. Please, please remember <laughs> that. <laughs> but it, it's, not, it's not. Nothing's really coming to mind. So I did. I did think that those days were over. But we actually only did. We actually did just get the one driver and one occasion outside <laughs> the top three to get a podium, which is Norris. So. Ah. Uh, to be fair, I, I think you were along the right lines. I just think it's just because it's the first year of new regs, this was always going to be the case. Yeah, like again, like there's it's always going to be some teams that get it right and other teams that just didn't just quite miss out on getting, getting it right. I don't feel so. bad about it because like everything, based on obviously a three-year sample essentially had suggested the opposite. Yeah, I, I to be honest, if you said this again next year, I would back you. Yeah, it would be. I'd be like, right, okay, yeah. There's no reason why we can't have at least three different drivers on the podium from outside the top teams, because there is just too many, too many races, too many failures that can happen, especially with the engine freezers. And there's just it's F1. There's there's there's, there's way more sprint races mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, which is interesting. With I don't think we even included the sprint races as a conversation piece in this. Yeah, I did. I, I, looking back, I don't even. I didn't even care to. I don't like even now. I'm like. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Maybe next year for Might, six. Yeah, I think we'll have to for next year. Uh, by the way, just very quickly, uh, Stroll got the only podium inside the top three teams in 2017 uh, oh, with God. Baku, of course. Yeah. But um, 
yeah <laughs> so there's that yeah ah yeah i i didn't think i i, I think i was fine I, I don't mind looking back at that one i think yeah there was re there was good reason to say that but it just did sadly it ended up not being the case yeah uh right we're getting to the getting close to the big ones is Shia Leclerc ready to contend for a title fight? You were very confident, one hundred percent confident. In fact, is what you said. And I, I, I to be fair, I, I will stand on this ship. I am fully confident he is ready. He was just at a point when we got to France. I think he knew it was now or never. If something happens here, the title's gone, and if I don't push then I'm going to lose out on the race when the title's gone. And he pushed, and it all went to shit. And then obviously Ferrari being incompetent didn't help either. So, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Obviously, the, the France one, like, I know there is the driver error in Imola, but the France one was obviously the, the first, I think. The, the big. Real big one, like, where, like, oh, like, oh, that did actually swing the race. Yeah, that, that that one was the big moment where I was like, I think Max knows he's got the mental advantage over him. Max is... Well, he did. Full. Yeah, he knew Max that. He said got, that. Yeah, he he's got the probably I want to say one of the toughest championships, championship fights I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, okay, in the back of his mind. So I was like, well, yeah, Charles probably is is dusted at, the, at this point. I thought he was ready, but I, I added this caveat, and this sadly turned out to be true. Uh, there are mistakes in there still. Uh, but I think he's the more complete driver of the ones that we talked about in that part, like the science Russell Perez kind of thing. Mm. Uh, so but I said there are still mistakes in still mistakes in there, uh, and I cited a few examples at the time, like I mentioned Baku and Monaco and the such. And uh, sadly, that is the case. There was uh, a few mis- not, not as many mistakes, but the ones obviously the, yeah the France one obviously is the main one really, and it was pretty pretty rough. And extremely detrimental. Any mistake that Leclerc may have made after that didn't matter as much. The France one was the big one, um, but of course he was pushed. I, I do agree. Like he was, he knew that, like the Verstappen had undercut or the pit box a lap before. They knew this was going to be tight. It was close for the entire race up to that point. They knew like they're on the back foot already with how many points they'd lost through either blunders or reliability. Um, I think the pressure to get to him that day, like realize, like this is this is for the win. I have, I, I have to push. I have to get this done. Yeah, and it led to the mistake that we made or that he that we saw, and yeah, the the rest is history, really. Yeah, one of the most obvious title switch moments I've ever seen, where you can actually physically see the the momentum switch. Yeah, it just goes at that point, and yeah domination ensues well obviously there were a few things that obviously led to that afterwards obviously like yeah, the, yeah, the directive and uh, there were yeah, some there, straight line defendant tracks after that that really held, did swing to Red Bull's favour as well yeah most notably hungry the bottle jobs and yeah whatever yeah blunder, uh, yeah, more blunders came after that of course for Ferrari as well so yeah but like that, that was the mistake that I thought was in there and I didn't like being right on that but yeah um, times. there are some minor little uh, predictions that we you threw in there and you said and I think you should be very proud of this one you were not buying the race director thing the two race directors you said it will need to be amended and it yes. was and I was spot on because two different opinions on racing incidents and stewards does not work oh look at that <laughs> I'm correct 
hire me now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's when someone who does absolutely nothing to do with F one and can see it. Why couldn't they see that? Why? Why on earth? You know the answer to this. Well, yeah, Mercedes. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the two race directors every... was done to appease Mercedes. Let's let's yeah. let's make that like that, that's not official, but come on, now, ev- everyone knows it. Uh, the the thing is, I think they could have worked if they'd worked together every race weekend. Yeah, the, sure. The fact, it, it it was split duties and one does 11 and the other one does 12 which was what it was what it was meant to be um was never going to work no way you were going to get the inconsistencies and difference of opinion nobody has exactly the same opinion yeah. on this planet not a damn chance we can be very similar as i'm sure me and graham are it's we're very similar on a lot of things in fact but there is a difference somewhere along the lines. Yeah. And the, the, this is what these predictions show. It's it's never going to work out. The best example of that is certain, probably the certainly the uh, how both applied the black and orange flag, for instance. Yeah, and to the fact that we got to the stage where there was protest, and then another protest, and then another protest, and then another protest, and then footage ended up becoming. <laughs> Yeah, the, the main race, sorry, to, because free test doesn't know what he's doing. The weird thing with that was like it was it was vintage, I think, at uh, at USA with the black and orange flag stuff, which was had been entirely Eduardo Freitas beforehand with all the black and orange flag stuff. Was most yeah. was basically all of him. All of Haas's ones were done where I believe he was the race director, where Freitas was the race director. So I thought that was funny, uh, the irony at least. Um, but yeah, you got that one spot on. I was I was unsure, uh, but you were more confident in that than I was. So uh, well done. That was, a, that was very good on your part. I'm going to chuck another one in, the very little one, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, t- I, I put this one to you. I put, is any team principal's jobs at risk? Yes. Uh, now, you had made the case for Gunter Steiner. I, I had, now, I did add the Bonotto aspect here. You you said Bonotto is, and I've put fine in bold letters. I did. I do remember. I listened. I remember listening to the podcast. I did add the caveat that it was performance related, and everything we'd seen up to that point suggests that Ferrari's performance was absolutely fine. So Bonotto would be fine by extension. Yeah, I think we we basically said this in the last podcast, or whenever we talked about Bonotto, that I I felt that he deserved twenty twenty three to sort of get it right and if it was exactly the same as this year then it would be time to make the change but mm. I think you were sort of under the same impression with that prediction there but yeah interesting one that you sort of it was sort of mentioned yeah Gunther, like we said because of yeah, the sacrifice with the yeah, upgrades. It was, it was whether you believe that if Haas got off to a bad start or not, would we see a similar thing where, like, you know, Eric Boulier, for example, walked uh, left in, I think, just after Baku in or around Baku in 29, no, not not 19, 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a poor start. We do see sometimes team principals leave after a poor start because obviously, like, it's very clear where the season's going there. And then it's like, oh, okay, well. It's time. It's time to go. Uh, Paddy Lowe was, I think, was quite similar as well. Not t- not not, not a team principal, obviously, but uh, no, the main person in charge with the car, essentially. Yeah. yeah, that that was one of the biggest shambles I've ever seen. Yeah, Man, man's sat there at the racetrack. It's on the drive to survive. I think he's on drive to survive, and the car's just not even ready. He's just oh. sat there waiting for the car to turn up in Barcelona, and he's just oh. like, yeah, where is it? Like, Paddy, you know where it is. You know it's not ready. Yeah. 
so yeah, the Ferrari thing was yeah was more so based on if it if they didn't get it right really. Um, yeah. So I, I thought Bonotto was gonna be fine because yeah everything we'd seen up to that point thinking yeah their Ferrari are, are are good. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But obviously it it yeah yeah got, things went wrong very very quickly. Yeah. And then I alluded to the point of if Lewis walks and Toto will also walk, but that never happened. That did not happen in the end. Uh, yeah. Sadly. <laughs> Uh, right then, we got to let's see if any any other ones. We got to our main predictions, our top our top and bottom five in drivers, and we attempted to do the constructors one to ten. Now let's do the drivers first. Uh, yeah, we both doing first at twenty to fifteen. Yeah, let's do uh, fifteen to or sixteen to twenty, because uh, that is. Yeah, I think we both sort of misinterpreted how to count to 15. Yes, we did. That was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, we had troubles counting from... Next year, we're just doing the entire grid. I'm sorry, I'm not fecking about like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did very much make a hash of that, so that was rough. So I, I, I think I got most of the, what I tried to say, at least. Uh, so... We start. Well, let's start at the top first, actually, because the bottom was more fun. Uh, we both have Verstappen to be first. Yep. Uh, you. I had, had this spot on. You did. You had your top. Uh, you had the top three spot on. Yeah, absolutely spot on. I was very impressed with myself. Very impressed. So you obviously had Leclerc in second and Perez in third. Yeah. I had Hamilton in second. Again, that was more so based on Mercedes bouncing back and being much stronger yeah. at the end of the season. They were, fun. but. Hamilton was the one that, great. yeah, Hamilton obviously had the the more difficult start of the two, uh, you know, at, at the start of the season with the experimental changes and obviously, I guess not not driving at his best, I would say. And he lost, where did Hamilton lose some points as well? Uh, a lot of drivers lost out to Perez and Leclerc in the flyaways. I think second was there to be grabbed at some point, like absolutely was yeah. there to be grabbed by the close mm-hmm. to the summer break, I would say. Uh and then the flyaways happened, and then kind of, yeah, uh, the first few, obviously, like, Perez and Leclerc got podiums and wins, essentially. And not wins, obviously, for Leclerc, but, you know, like, second place or whatever. Like, Singapore, and they're contained podiums no. at Japan, and Hamilton was out of place in Japan, and he obviously had a mayor at Singapore. Singapore, I think, was the one that swung a lot of things. Yeah, it was. So they lost out for that. Uh, so, yeah, Hamilton ended up actually, how far did he end up behind? Yeah, Hamilton had 240 points and Leclerc or sorry yeah Leclerc at 308 so big, yeah. bit of a difference there in the end so yeah that didn't work out and I had Leclerc third and Perez fourth so I had the order of those rides I just expected the Mercedes to be a lot better uh, towards the uh, towards the end of the season to make up the early deficit but yeah they were further behind than we thought and then yeah some some poor results in the second half then got, got away from them you had fourth uh, you had Carlos Sainz in fourth wasn't a bad shout, but not yeah. a bad shout. But do you know he actually he, just, he finished over the thirty points behind Russell in the end. Yeah, that's not that's, yeah. The, the win in Brazil really didn't help that. Mm. Well, Science got second out of that. No, third. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. To be fair, Science would have finished sixth. were not for Hamilton's late retirement in Abu Dhabi as well. Yeah. He, he, he managed to sneak that one back. <laughs> uh, fifth place, I had Science, which was correct. Hooray. It was correct. Yes. It was Hamilton fifth, which he should have been, but <laughs> yeah. uh, sadly not. And I had Russell sixth. We both had Russell sixth. Yeah. And then uh, we both had Lando in seventh. By extension, yeah. Because here's the thing when we, and you'll see if we get to predictions for the constructors, we very much had McLaren as the lone leave best of the rest. 
Yeah, we, they were no Mars in front of everybody else. There was sort of loneliness for yeah, the entire season. That's what we saw. No. We, we saw the top three being Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari in some order. Uh, then McLaren. Then everyone else. Then Williams. Yeah. Which in turn, with that confidence in McLaren, made me put Daniel Ricciardo down in fucking eight. You did do that. You went further yeah. with us, which was, I thought, funny. Yeah, but I, I just thought they were that far in front. There is no way he yeah. doesn't finish eighth. Yeah. It was fair. The worst, yeah. Uh, whatever our bottom five then uh, we both had Nicholas Latifi at the bottom he almost finished behind people that weren't even in the championship he almost finished lower than 20th uh, but in the end he actually did finish 20th ahead of De Vries and Hulkenberg so well done to Latifi uh, oh I got this right I had Alba on the 19th Yups, so and so did you mm-hmm. happy days uh, 18th oh my god I got this right too Guan Yu Zhou we both had Joe. we both yeah. had Guan Yu Zhou we both uh, got the bottom three right oh I, I see you I have Yuki for you here oh okay well I had Joe round down but it's fine I don't know if we yeah again I think we got confused with numbers uh, <laughs> 17th I, well, I didn't have Yuki here uh, you had Ocon in 17th oh dear <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let that sink in for a sec. You'd yeah, but it, will, it will make sense when we get to the constructors. It's sort of yes, you know. uh, yeah, you understand. Uh, also, you were very obviously very low on Ocon. Yeah, uh, I had a combination. I, I don't know what I decided here. I had I had Magnuson slash Stroll. I don't know what that means. Yeah, and then you had Mick just after that. And I had Mick at sixteenth, which was correct. Hmm. Uh, you had Stroll at sixteenth, which would have been correct. He was fifteenth. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they were, but shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually nailed basically nearly. I only one I didn't have here was Yuki in the bottom five. Other than that, I've I absolutely nailed it. Hmm. Actually, I actually didn't. I only opened up the standings right now, so like I genuinely had no idea how I got on with that. So yeah, I, I looked at the top off when I when I was yeah, listening back to it, but didn't bother to listen because I, like, I knew Latifi and Albon were bottom. I actually thought Albon wasn't bottom for some reason. No idea why yeah. I thought that, but yeah, he only got four points. Yeah, it just it seemed like more, didn't it? Mm, it did. I agree. Right, constructors. This is very interesting. Now we both agreed Williams were tenth. Yeah. And we both agreed. Actually, no, we didn't. So no, we were very yes. Different. So I predicted Red Bull to be constructors to, to end their streak or end the uh, not the curse, but end their run of not winning constructors since 2013. So I got that one right. You got that one spot on. You I had to said back Ferrari. Ferrari and... I had no choice. I can't not back them. Yeah. In the end, they fell short by two hundred and five points. Yeah, we gave up. They, they were too. They were too quick. We gave up. <laughs> we, we concentrate on next year, Graham. Uh, you also, by extension, got the second one wrong, which was uh, Red Bull. You got to hear Red Bull for a second. Yeah, you also got. This I wrong, did get this it was wrong. Very nearly right. Yeah, I got Mercedes. I had Mercedes second again. I, I, I had brackets here, not based on the start of the season, which was correct, but again. Uh, they were so they were much further back than we expected. They almost got second. They had they shouldn't have been close to be getting second. So, yeah, I was close, but I shouldn't have been. Ferrari really should have had like what, what was the? I know the margin was a little bit better in the end because uh, Hamilton didn't finish in Abu Dhabi. They they had it by thirty nine points. Yeah, it was it, uh, post Brazil. It looked like it could possibly happen, and we get to Abu Dhabi. Was, before, yeah. yeah, actually, I was I would I would go ahead and say before that safety car in Brazil, it was looking ropey. It was looking very ropey. Very very ropey. I think with well, with with what happened in Abu Dhabi in the end, I think they would have been just fine. But it would have been it would have been nervy moments. They could have changed a few things how Ferrari may have done strategy wise. Yeah. Um, 
But I had Mercedes second, they were not second. I had Ferrari third, which they were not. And you did have Mercedes third. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a beast. Uh, we both had McLaren in fourth. Uh, it which wasn't was, a bad shout. Yeah. It, it wasn't the best of shouts. It was almost right, and it shouldn't have been almost. Well, uh, yeah, it shouldn't have been almost right. To be fair, Alpine yeah. should have been further ahead, and Ricardo had performed a bit better. Maybe they should have been. Uh, but we we did think this would be like they were. We were very convinced McLaren would be fourth, very yeah. very convinced. Which speaks to two things. Uh, it actually speaks mostly that they, you know, they didn't. You, I think one of the things you mentioned in the podcast was in that prediction podcast was that James Key needs to pull the finger out. Yeah, uh, may have, you may have had a point. Um, they should have. Been, I, I, yeah, given their platform for twenty from twenty one, they really should have done better. They really should have. Yeah, if he if he doesn't get it right next year, yeah, I think so. Bye bye. Uh, they created a car that both drivers hated. Uh, it was awful. Norris was able really. to find a way around it. Ricardo wasn't. Yeah, if if they if Piastri struggles with it, then yeah, there'll be yeah. something done. It won't be. They, they might realise that Daniel Ricciardo wasn't a bad driver after all, and it was James Key's shitty designs. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I think they'll maybe, maybe give Norris even, even another contract of extension for say, thank you for getting that shitness to fifth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was that. Now, this is the this is now the most fun, fun part because from fifth to ninth, we thought at the time it was an absolute mosh pit. Uh, absolute mosh this, pit. This shows how much of a mosh pit it is because it's completely different from both of us. It was. So uh, but we both got some right here. I said yeah. Alpine would be fifth. No, you wasn't far off with that. I wasn't far no, off with that. That was fair. That was fair. Not too bad with that. You said Alfa Romeo. I was very high on that Alfa Romeo. Very high. And I was looking very, very good at the start of the season, wasn't I? It was looking good. <laughs> and then nothing happened after Canada, really. Yeah. So... Uh, what was the oh. like? They finished, I think, a hundred and four points behind McLaren in fifth, and yeah. they were lucky to hold on to. Like, obviously, they they held on 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 uh, count back. So there was that. So yeah, you were high enough for Romeo. It did not uh, did not pan it out far that way. Off, but it was yeah, not far off in terms of the actual result. But they were very much far away in pace <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Sixth. This is my major blunder. I had Alpha Tari in sixth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was I very. Be- I believe in this outfit. I do, I do. But they had one of the biggest. They had the the singular biggest fall from these regulations. They fell from they. They, they had the fifth fastest car last year. They finished sixth. They had the fifth fastest car last year. It ended up being finishing ninth in the end. Uh, so Haas did out squeeze them. I do. I do think they probably had the eighth quickest car. Really, I did Alpha Tari by the end of the if season that here. Car could break. Yes. If that car was Alfa Romeo weight, I think they would have been fine. Yeah, that was fun. that was their big, that was a big problem for them. So, yeah, I think they would be much. Well, they they should be much improved next year. I did believe in them. They've made they've made this is the worst car they've made. I'd say since oh gosh, sixteen. Their car was decent in sixteen. It was fine. They think, they, think, they, think they, they haven't made a bad seventh. car since fifteen. Really. That's the thing. Like they don't really make bad cars. Like for it being They've this, always been the at least junior seven team, or seven, seven or eight, you know? haven't they? So this was a departure from the norm for them. So like that's why it was a surprise as well because they do make decent cars where yeah, if the driver is good the... enough that they can get. Like how many times have we see science in the weird positions? Like in twenty sixteen, for example, like fifth in and such, and you know. Four. And that was yeah. in 2017 as well. Like they've, you know, they, they can make. They've got. They generally do make good cars. It's just this year, I don't know what happened. Yeah, they had the concept right as well. Just such a heavy, heavy bitch. Yeah, 
thick boy. Mm. So they got that wrong. Uh, you had. <laughs> which was fine at the start of the season. It was, it was looking, I was looking very good at the start of the season. I was very confident. It was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had Alfa Romeo in seventh, which <laughs> they really should have been. But uh-huh. uh, you had Aston Martin in seventh, which was correct. Yeah. It was correct, but it shouldn't have been correct because that car was awful. Yeah, well, we should redesigned it. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, ideally, like we should have switched. But yeah, not too bad though. Like you had the one in seventh, I had the one that should have been in seventh. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. I got this one right though. Haas and eighth. So happy with that. Uh, this might be your worst bit. <laughs> you yeah, was had the boys in blue in eighth. Alpine in eighth. And to be honest, they deserve to be fucking eighth after this year. <laughs> fuck you, Alpine. Thanks for the content, but fuck you. Honestly, uh, fuck you. I, uh, oh. <laughs> I, I've lost so many hours of sleep because of them. I really sleep, appreciate respect, it. respect. And my my mind has been blown countless countless times when I think surely they can't do something else to make me think. Yes, this is this is the right move for Alpine, mm-hmm. and they go and do it again. It's oh. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, uh, you. I'm proud of our last one because I had Aston Martin ninth, and they were ninth for two thirds of the season. I feel like, yeah, the the last third of the season they were not. The flyaways really helped them. Um, yeah, they were. They were honestly some days they were the fourth quickest car. Yeah, like Cota, they should have finished. They should have finished miles ahead of everybody else, but not close enough to the top three teams. Mm-hmm. But you know. Some some driver decided to make Alonso go fly and ruin that. <laughs> and then they, they, they would have for Vettel as well. A very late stop yeah. for Vettel too, as well as the thing. Yeah, and then obviously they chucked it away in Abu Dhabi with Seb for some reason. Don't know what they what they were doing with that strategy. Yeah, put them on the one stop. Could have finished eight there easily. But I asked the Martin ninth, and I felt like yeah. Even now, I think that was that was very good for two thirds of the season. So I'm pretty happy with that because they were a shambles. And you got this one correct. You had Alphatari in ninth. Yeah, I was not high on that Alphatari in pre-season testing. No, and you were right to be in the end. And we probably Williams 10th. So a nice little mix there between... I can't wait to do that next year as well. That'll be fun. Uh, Nice mix there. Uh, So what did we get right? I got Red Bull right. I got Haas and Williams. So I got three out of ten. But there were some very... You know, a couple of... like I was... A couple of points here and there to make like, for me like four. five for ten. You got four. What did you guess? You got Mercedes, uh, Aston Martin, Avatar Williams. Oh, not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. Yeah. So on a points basis, I think I beat you in terms of in terms of teams. I did get more of the drivers. The drivers. Right. Um, oh well, yeah, maybe actually, yeah. Because I basically I got four out of five for the bottom five. I got for Stappen right. I got Sainz right. Yeah, and obviously we got Lando. You got Leclerc, Perez, Max. Yeah, yeah it'd be very close. I think it might be a point in it. Uh, yeah, your your bottom your bottom five drivers let you down a little bit there with Stroll, Ocon, yeah. and Sonoda. Yeah, but I was just being trying to be funny with Ocon, wasn't I? Yeah, and I, I will throw this in as well because you we we mentioned like we mentioned in that podcast the constructors like it's gonna come down to the driver and. We went through like what the best lineups were from Alpine, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo, Haas, Aston Martin. You believed that the best lineup out of all those teams was Magnussen and Schumacher. You said that was the best lineup out of Fernando Alonso and Ocon, Bottas and Joe, Vettel and Stroll. I can understand where you may have come from with that, but 
With... He was, I, I was sort of on the opinion that he was the most consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I was not high on Gasly and Yuki. Stroll was always going to be the bring down in yeah. Aston Martin. That was very did. poor in the previous year. Yeah, Joe you had, obviously, he was a rookie. Bottas and... can't find the midfield. Mm. And I had no faith in Alpine, so... Yeah. yeah. So... It was the only one left, really. Yeah, that just left Haas. Like, in theory, it was it was fine. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't I, bad. I guess. It was just Mick was shite. So we both predicted Verstappen to be champion. We both did some F2 and F3 predictions. You'd Hauger as champion... To be fair, the thing about Hauger, and I've done some reading about this, this is the one year Prima didn't seem to be up to it. Yeah. They yeah, have they been the F2 some... standard for a long time. They just, they didn't seem up to it this year. Yeah. So I think yeah. there was some bad luck there with Hauger in that regard. Uh, you'd, I poor chair to win, which was fine mm-hmm. in mediocre. theory, but he was mediocre to what we were expecting, uh, to be fair. Um, F3. F3 we have, we were pretty, well, I was bang on. I, I had said Martins. Uh, yeah, more so out of hope I said that times I have hope rather than anything else but I'm just glad to be correct uh, you came unexpectedly close in the end with yours I wasn't unexpectedly close at all well not, not in your very, eyes no I was very confident in Oliver Berman very confident and I was almost right you were almost, almost right yeah if the F3 season had finished properly rather than possibly how it did yeah because I, was, I, I knew that he was very good at Monza and if he had a semi-decent season if only he hadn't fucked up in Bahrain, you know. Oh God, the flame. yeah. Jeez. It would have been very close. That's why we're on the subject. Actually, during the week, uh, Zayn Maloney signed to the Red Bull Junior Academy. Junior so program. what's that now? Three quarters of the grid. Uh oh, like we just have. So what we got? Oh jeez. So we got. Yeah, which explains why Maloney was in column with Fittipaldi. Yeah. F2 testing, man. It it, it genuinely it gives so many answers. You just don't, don't know. Miss, I think that's a smart move from them, to be fair. I think a lot of people Very missed smart. a trip. I think I still think Mercedes should have snapped him up here. I really do. Because yeah, A, it, it would... Uh, obviously, he was free and like a flipping good driver. Damn good driver for Dune Cagri so far. Uh, wouldn't have been a perfect advertisement for their... Uh, or a perfect way to put actions diversity. to their word on diversity? Yeah. Someone that's from a country that... There's never really been represented. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was, I was going to say underrepresented. Yeah, you're right, never represented. Uh, I just thought everything lined up there. I just talent-wise, you know, uh, it just fit. It just seemed to fit with the whole Mercedes program. I think I think it would yeah, have been the would have excellent move. On Vesti, I thought exactly. You've got. I think it would have raised Vesti's game a little bit. It's like, oh, I've got this young. I, I've I've got to prove myself now. I'm, I'm I'm no longer the only Mercedes junior driver. I've got to go do something. The only one he's got to really worry about is Paul Aaron, and he's in. But he's, he's only just yeah, gone he's in F three, so he's got nothing to worry about. He exactly. can sort of piss around. So yeah, yeah. I I thought that was I I, it's, I like for Red Bull because it gives them another driver to look at for a, a very open shootout. Now I would say like it. I think it's very clear what they're saying. It's like go prove to us you could if you could, go to prove that you could be an F one driver. Go do it. Whoever wins yeah. likely going to be in. It, it, it literally is. I think they know Yuki's done. They've just given in because there's nobody else. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. And I'm I th- really, really pissed off at the fact that they kept Yuki on and then just someone like Robert Schwartzman sat there. Really pissed me off. Really, yeah. Really, really pissed me off. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's not great, uh, to be fair. It's, but I, I think it's, I think it's Red Bull have done it. I think Red Bull have handled this nicely. Like, I think, I like in how it's, it's very much an open shootout. I, I do think they're wise to 
have this plan in place because it does seem like based on what we've seen that Sonoda isn't going to be up to the task. Yeah, this is where he's up to the task. So we've got <laughs> a, imagine? a large pool of drivers. Yeah, that's the thing. If he does perform like next year's they're be... screwed. They are screwed. Like, but they probably still won't renew him. That's the thing. Like who have we actually got for Red Bull Juniors in twenty three? I don't think <clears> Lawson's like Iwasa. See, for the definite ones we know, we've got Fittipaldi, Maloney, Uwasa, Hauger, Deruvler is looking likely. Um, I'm definitely missing some here. That's only five. I'm blanking now. Five. Um, I'm going to have to pull up the document from testing. Yeah, do do that right quick. Yeah, I'm struggling to blank. I'm blanking a few as well, to be fair. It's uh, I'm fascinated though. Like it's very much up for grabs. Couple people, different teams. Hauger and go. MP. Do you find it? Who, who, who yeah. do you miss? Hadjar and Crawford. Oh shit! Yeah, that's seven. Assuming, yeah. uh, assuming Deruvla is coming back as a Red Bull Junior, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, that, that's all of them. That's seven. Wow, that's nearly half the grid. Yeah. Seven. But, uh, if doesn't doesn't come back, then that's six. six. I don't think he'll even be in consideration. He won't be, be no. He's there to make up the numbers, and I think he won't be Red Bull back. <clears throat> but still, you've got how many in the second year? You've got one. How great you was, uh, Fischer-Paldi? Uh, you've, got, you've got half that are in their first year, and half that are in their second year. Yeah. And then you've got Deruvler in year five. <laughs> it or can't be. Yeah, I think it's year four. Still bad, though. This is where they sign a Bosch on, you know? Just uh... <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, that's, so that's going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see how that unfolds. Of course, all those guys, Martins, Bear, as Maloney and Bearman will be in F2 next year. So, yeah, should be fun. Again, the F3 class, man, it's not going to disappoint. Oh, I love it. Can't wait. I so, love it. there we go. So, we were almost correct on F3, not so much F2. No, F2 was a complete shisha. It was. Uh, and that does, that does it then. That, that brings us to the end of our preseason prediction. So, we got, we got, we, there are some good ones we got in there. Uh, the ones that I think were worst for myself was the Albon one. Uh, the confidence in the Miami race wasn't, uh, I guess, was misplaced. Um, other than that, yeah, obviously, I got Mercedes, like, obviously, a lot of my predictions uh, based on Mercedes being a little bit better. So, like, Russell having the more wins out of Science and Norris and Hamilton being second and Mercedes being second in constructors. Uh, other than that, though, Alpha, oh, AlphaTauri, of course, was my other rough one. <laughs> other than that, I didn't think I other did too that. badly, to be fair. Yeah, I just need to learn next year not to be too high on Ferrari and not too high on Ferrari drivers. <laughs> Even though there is only two now, so yeah. I've not really got much to go off. But yeah, don't, don't put your faith in Ferrari, Luke. That's that's the, the main message from this year. Yeah, until proven otherwise, don't do not do it. Yeah, don't get hyped until it's basically done. And then even then, don't <laughs> get hyped until the trophy See, is in the hands. This is why I had Mercedes a bit further forward as well, is because I didn't want to believe that they're as far away as they were until I actually saw it with my own eyes. Because I've been burned too many times where I have, have false dawns. Yeah. Where... Uh, yeah, what's firmly pulled over the eyes? What's there is a there is like a little poem that Will Buxton recited in testing, um, something like uh, roses are red, uh, violets are blue. Uh, enter team here, look quick, Mercedes one two. Yeah. <laughs> so until yeah, so I didn't want to believe he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. 
that's why that's why it's hard to say because like I, I wasn't sure like how much of was I was buying of it. Uh, turned out to be real in the end. So, yeah. oh god, happy days. Right, I believe anything else you'd like to add? Uh, we'll we'll no. do a more general news recap of what's happened over the last few weeks next week because it's been slow. It's been slow. Yeah, and then it's basically Christmas. This. Yeah, like I was chatting, like my I was chatting to my mother uh, yesterday. I think or we have we have a Christmas party coming up, and it's next week. It's next. It's next weekend because the following weekend is Christmas. It's Christmas weekend. Yeah. I was like, so, what the? F- like, what the hell? Yeah, I've, got, I've got two weeks left at work. That's like, it. I've got, I've got nine days left at work. It's like, jeez, all of a sudden, man. It's like, like crazy. Today is the is the twelfth. As you listen, you listen to this. That's just, God, it's very. God, up in a hurry. Have you sorted your Christmas shopping yet? No. Any? I tried to do it yesterday, had a meltdown and gave up. Had a meltdown? <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't be arsed. I, I, I like to think I'm organised, but I'm not. Listen, man. Tomorrow on my day off. You're, uh, you know, it's not like you get your, your sister to uh, do your Christmas shopping. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that lucky. <laughs> Some I'm of us aren't that lucky, you're right. Uh, my, my sister would tell me to fuck off. <laughs> right, rightly so, I think. Not my sister, my stepsister. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> rightly so. I would, I think as well. Yes. Oh, if only you're all that lucky. Yeah, I, I just give them the money. Oh yeah, <laughs> good one. Oh, just, yeah. Splash okay. that. No, I feel... Splash that cash, mash. It's okay. Cash money is king. Cash money is king. Oh. With me. Just imagine that. Just someone comes up to you. Do you want me to sort your Christmas shopping out for you? I'd be, re- you know, I'd be just... delighted. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, even wrap it for me if you want. And be like, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh. and then just put my name on it. Imagine, yeah, just do all the work. And I get to attach my name on it. Thanks, yeah, and thanks. I get all the praise for. Yeah, it. thanks for this great gift, from Matthew. It's like you're welcome. I I picked it out myself. You lying shit. <laughs> yeah, if if Matt ever gets me a Christmas gift, I just know it's his sister that bought it. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I've never known uh, anybody like that. <laughs> I was going to say the excuse to slide into her TMs. Yeah, yeah, it really would be, wouldn't it? Oh, sorry, Matthew. Uh, if you're if you're I'm listening, gonna, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> oh, our, fr- our dear friend Matthew, we uh, apologize. Actually, not not I really. Do. I don't apologize. It's funny. It's how he said it so casually as well. Like I know. It's just the normal. normal. <laughs> There's me and you sat there struggling to think of I things. was, yeah. It's like, what, what, can, what can I, what can I, what, how much, like, I want to put some thought into this gift I'm getting from my loved ones this Christmas, you know? Like, yeah, I, I, I like oh, sitting I'm struggling. There thinking, yeah, I like sitting there thinking of something and then I'm like, oh my God, that's a great gift. Yeah, like, well, and then you get extra satisfaction. It's like, I came up with this idea myself and I'm so, I'm so, I'm going to be so excited to give them this present because I put a lot of thought into it. I think they're going to really like it and get lots of use out of it. And, no, oh, just, uh, I give them money. I give, <laughs> yeah. It's sort of for me. <laughs> pick out my present, please. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Switchback Formula 1 podcast. I've been Graham. I've been Cash Money. (laughs) And we will see you next week. Goodbye.